record. Awesome. Well, bro, it's been a long time and I am, I'm just really happy to reconnect. Yeah, man. Well, we've been off and on in touch over the years. It's not, we never really like completely fell off, which I really, there's such few friends that I have from that time that I've uh, like maintained contact with. It's, it's, uh, it's more when you say that we haven't disconnected because I think there's something that is, uh, I don't want to go off on a weird, like esoteric tangent, but as I remember it, the last time that I, I reached out to you and from my perspective, it was just like, wow, I just really, I have a feeling about Tristan. I want to see how he's doing. I was at a coffee shop and uh, just kind of flowing and p- putting ideas to paper and that kind of thing. And I, I sent you a text message and that was the morning that Ryder had been born. Oh, snap. I don't see. It's so funny because I don't remember many of the details of that day. That's so crazy. And it was just random and we hadn't spoken in a long time. And I mean, you know, not years and years and years, but just a a significant amount of time. And something that day was, you know, in my space of you. And I was like, whoa, like I I, I just, I want to see how he's doing, make sure everybody's on the up and up. And I reached out and you're like, yeah, bro, like let's, let's talk. Like my my son was just born. I was like, and that, that gave me a feeling that it was like, wow, okay. Like so, something is is reaching up and grabbing me, and that's really important to to stay aware of. What an amazing synchronicity, man! That's so right. crazy. Right. I mean, you and I—it's like even thinking back now. You know, consciously, I don't remember everything that we kind of went through together, but we had all sorts of. You know, I mean, we lived together. We shared an that's apartment right. together when we were. I think I was uh, twenty years old. I was almost twenty-one. Like going into my twenty-first birth, uh, first birthday, we shared an apartment together. We we hung out a lot from like the ages of uh, what, 19 till 21 or so for like those two, three years we were around each other a lot, all up in each other's business. You know, it's funny that uh, is not unique to my experience of, of friendship. I'm kind of a all or nothing guy, like, Mm -hmm. like, like looking at myself in the mirror, if you will. And, you know, I don't know what's to be said for that. I think that, during that time, we were both kind of, I mean, we all, everybody hopefully is always doing this all the time, right? Just evolving and, and moving in a direction of their choosing and, and, and going the, in, in the way that they, they, they choose to walk. But for whatever reason, I think that we both got something out of our time together that was, that was really helpful. I know, I know from my perspective. We had such different perspectives, but so, they were so similar. Like we had such different struggles, but at a certain level, we struggled with the same thing. Like we were trying to come to grips with certain things and certain realities. And like, maybe you had a lot of strengths that, that I had in areas where I had weaknesses and maybe it was similar vice versa. Maybe, right. or maybe I was just a parasite. I don't know. No, <laughs> but, no, not at all. Not at all. I would like say we that. Had, like, uh, we had a synergy and we were both, we, you know, we, we were both learning a lot, man. You remember that time when we went to Tahoe? Yes. Uh, there are just so many of those Tahoe trips. Those are like some of those memories. They're so vague now, but some of them are so important to me. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade some of those moments for the world. When we stayed think, at yes, sir. that little spot with the fireplace and we got way too drunk. We got way too dug into each other way too much that night. But the next morning it was all good. Like we just, we went skiing. Um, I was snowboarding. You were skiing. Yeah, man, those are some good times. I, I read somewhere a long time ago and I, and I held it in the back of my brain somewhere. And that was, um, I'm not gonna be able to say it correctly or do it justice, but it was like, a, you have to get to the iron of another person 
to really create a, a true relationship. You feel me? If there's just surface level interaction, that's not real. And we, we I think both recognized that, that each other were, were formidable when we first kind of started hanging out together. And I think that that's a foundation for saying like, all right, like if, if things get real, like I know that this person is a, is a worthy part of my clan because I don't, have to, I don't have to worry about them on a certain level and they know that they don't have to worry about me. But as long as we can uphold honor and dignity between the two of us, we are much stronger for the association. And I think that yeah. that's a, you know, you feel me? And so I yeah, think that that was something that I held on to because, because you had friends that were into skateboarding and I always aspired to be a skateboarder, but I was a shit skateboarder. You know, I surfed more. And, and so that was something that I felt like you were. were I always loved surfing too. I always loved surfing, but never got too into it because it was such a steep learning curve for me. So I always, I always loved going to the beach with you and stuff and just watch you surf and like kind of wish I was surfing, but also kind of just like, nah, it's cold. <laughs> yeah the sharks and the cold and you know yeah that's sharks, a, that's cold, always the, the lazy maybe too right. much pride didn't want to look stupid for the first few runs it's like that's how it goes man but it's so many good times um that little house with the wooden floors that we accidentally messed up skateboarding that one night that, we, <laughs> that you lived in like right at the street from uh i lived in that apartment across the way off ocean was that in grant on grant street in, grant the, street. in the ghetto <laughs> yeah that was a sketchy neighborhood man right right we, we had our own little pocket like in that house but anything right across the street like you don't really want to mess with that uh that uh park there was like a was like a dope sale park wasn't it that, that yeah how funny dude santa cruz santa cruz was a was a wild time for me it was a place where i kind of went off the rails you know so to speak in terms of just like my conventional path, you know, of my education stuff. And I kind of got educated in a different way. Like I, I, I spent a lot of time in the ocean. I, you know, tried different substances. And I think that that gave me more than I would have gotten if I would have put all of that energy towards trying to jockey for position or status in a classroom. And I mean, believe me, I go back and forth in my head, you know, about that. But I feel like, I don't know, man, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a special kind of crazy where I feel like I need to be as, as deep down into the underworld, if you will, of, of symbolism and, and, and balance and energy and like, you know, awareness of subtle energies so that I can be as high as I can when it's called for and like be able to be exuberant and, and joyful and, and present. And it's like that, that dichotomy is really hard for me to maintain if I'm like in a, in a synthetic environment, if I'm in an environment that's like bounded by rules that are just bullshit rules and you just get people that are rule followers, like rule followers terrify me, dude. Like as I get older, I realize I'm, I'm, I'm like intellectually turned on and like, and like emotionally interested in people that are, that are willing to follow their own rules. And then by extension, if they're, if they have the conviction of their own, or rather the courage of their own conviction to like accept the responsibility for, for, for choosing their own rules, because those people are going to surprise you, right? Those people are going to do something where you're like, whoa, like that came from them. You know, that's super cool. As opposed to the people where you're like, you need another form of ID. And they're like, yeah, it's the rule, you know? And you're just like, like <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I feel you, man. So it's, and school is a very hard thing to really latch onto, uh, especially like in the academic realm, because it's so, 
it's so wishy-washy really i mean it's you start remember we took like an environmental uh was it environmental studies class what was that class we had together um because one of those environment it was an environmental sciences uh it was they were talking a lot about sustainability and the carbon cycle right and i just remember right. like i had so many questions that about the narrative that was being pushed there and the the answers that i would get from academia from professors were just they were like insulting to my intelligence I'm like you wait you haven't asked these questions and it was I mean, and this was the beginning well not the beginning but it was really kind of the the genesis of the uh the modern environmental movement that we see today because i mean this was like nine ten years ago it was really starting to amp up so we need to do something now. We need to all do something together. What do we need to do? It's always like, well, if we have some really clever ways to tax people, if we just like make these resources really expensive, it's this weird economic manipulation. That's all um, the solution to this problem. But I remember that specifically, especially in my last year at UC Santa Cruz was, uh, and I think that was, you had already, you've gone back to San Jose for a little bit during that year. So I didn't see you that much. Um, but I took another biology course that year. I was looking at maybe going into becoming like a naturopath or chiropractor. Uh, because you were the guy who introduced me to a chiropractor who then got me interested in chiropractic even like Is as that a right? career. Yeah, I wonder, was you, that, was that Charles, uh, Charlie, yeah. um, through Giovanni, right? Because Giovanni is my, my surfing buddy. Right. And he and Giovanni worked for, for him. That's interesting. That's, Giovanni, that's Giovanni's. I've seen him on Instagram. He's actually, he's got an Instagram. I haven't really been in touch with him, but I know he's around. His father just passed away like a month and a half ago in a, oh, in a man. fucking motorcycle accident. Just like, oh, dude. But uh, I got to surf in with him not too long ago. He's a, he's a class act. He's a sweet human being. So that's interesting that, that, that chiropractic kind of uh, grabbed your attention, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I, I just remember the feeling in, the, in academia for me at the time was, wow, these, these people are not answering. They're asking the right questions. And the questions that I'm bringing up and some of this other information that I'm coming upon through doing my own research is leading me to think that this is just such a small view of reality that these so-called experts are really looking at. And um, I mean, that was my experience all throughout academia in general. So I can relate to not being, you know, completely enraptured or sucked into uh, the academic world, even though, you know, you're going to university, you're getting a degree. It's, uh, I think you just, you got a good bullshit meter, maybe. Like, if you have a good bullshit detector, it's hard to just dive into a pool of it and, and say that it's, you know, crystal clear water. It's just kind of like, man, this smells. It's all goopy. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I, I really, really struggle with that. And I have to listen to motivational videos. And, and uh, there's a clinical psychologist who's gotten a lot of um, uh, uh, public acclaim named Jordan Peterson. He's a real good guy that I find to listen to because he's got that positive message and he's kind of an antithesis to the, you know, university alt left that says, you know, any ascension of the white male is tyranny and should be fought at all costs. And it's like, well, I'm, you know, am I a bad guy? Like, what do I need to, who do I need to pay to, to be able to play the game? You know? And so yeah. for well, me, we went to Santa Cruz. So we, you, I mean, you and I saw, remember the Occupy movement? They started. Yeah. Yeah. The, it's kind of started in Berkeley, Santa Cruz. And uh, I, I really starkly remember that. Every, these kids were all on the streets. They were all in the, the you know, o occupying this building, talking about how they want free school. How they want this to be free. And uh, it just seems so silly to me. It's like, who, who's going to – you just want a worthless – you want everybody to have a free, worthless education? And what, what is the uh, – to me, it's the major social movements that, like, our generation has grown up with they're just in general are completely delusional. And I think that that's a, uh, 
it's hard to jump into them wholeheartedly when you feel that and you see it. And uh, yeah, cause, I mean, ultimately we want what's real. We want what's good. We want the truth. Right, right, right. And that's a hard, that's a, that's a, that's a uh, too often commodified item, isn't it? I mean, like I, I really struggle with that because I couldn't agree more. I think finding what's true, finding what's real is often a very deep impulse that I have because I, like my, my body will create, you know, will reject something where I feel like my behavior pattern or my ability to express myself is, is being restricted, you know, because then I'm just like, Oh fuck, like, you know, the walls are closing in so to speak. And then I know that I can get the other feeling, the feeling that is a healing antithesis to that when I go to the water, when I go to the mountains, you know, because the rules there are, there's still rules, right? I mean, there's still rules, but they're, they're, they're cosmic rules. They're like, you know, don't go too fast so that it's dangerous. Don't, don't hit something at a high speed, right? Like, like it's simple shit. And then we're meant to be connected to our bodies too. When you think about what is the, the normal common career path for a child in our generation was you go to a, you go to preschool, right? If you, you go to a good preschool and it's like a private preschool if your parents can afford it. And basically, you know, your mom's got to work, your dad's got to work. They're probably divorced. There's like a 90% chance that your parents are divorced if you're a millennial. Um, and then you go to elementary school, middle school, high school. And then right when you're out of high school, you go directly into the university and you're supposed to know what you want to do. Um, you're sitting down all day in all of these classes from the time you're a child to the time you're a young adult, you're not moving your body. You're not engaged with it. Right. Maybe you're getting like three right. to four hours of athletic activity a week. If you're, you know, on a baseball team or a soccer team. Uh, but a lot of that's also connected with school. So you're, you're always at the school. You're always in this, the same environment. And it's just, it's kind of a, it's a monoculture it's like monocropping humans. Basically. That's well. That's well put. I have an overarching theory that I think is that you're 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 articulating quite well, and I haven't been able to flush it out. I've tried to talk to like my dad about it, but because he's one of the most kind of you know at his best logically you know bounded person, but it, he's it still I think appeals to his want to be like everything's okay, and I'm like no, no, you don't understand. I'm not coming from a place of like dispossession or feeling like I need to be saved. I just have this, this yeah. theory and it's exactly kind of what you're articulating. I feel like you have two main um, concepts that I think people are, are quite aware of, but I feel like they're, they're causally linked. I really do. And you've got on the one hand, the opiate epidemic, a mm. huge uptick in young people's mental illness, mental health difficulties. I mean, any, any pediatrician, any psychiatrist will tell you that they're prescribing huge amounts of drugs to young people in the United States and probably in the first world everywhere. But Dude, I was and they're self-medicating so too. I never got right. these things prescribed to me, right. but like I always was able to get these type of things in high right. school, college. They were always around. Everyone had them. Right, right. So, th so th th there's, this, there's this disease of soul that we have, I feel, for, for the most vulnerable, for the people that don't have a voice to say, well, I don't want to go sit in a chair for eight hours. Can't I play? Can't I go learn how to woodwork? Can't I go and sing? Like, aren't there other things? No. What, what are you talking about? You know? So I feel like that there's that, there's that thing that, that we, we can articulate quite well. And it's, it's a fucking national emergency. Everybody's quite aware of, of this, you know, loss of purpose. I've heard it articulated, you know, crisis of purpose that a lot of us um, have gone through or, or go through or, or Lord knows a lot of people are in the depths of, you know, God bless them. And then on the other side, I feel like there is that rather on the other hand, there's this thing that's happening that's too often just accepted as if, as if we're an ant colony and this is our queen. And that I feel is 
the movement towards mechanization in, in, in you know, manufacturing distribution, the movement towards AI in, in all of the you know, software systems that govern the largest corporate entities, right? We're, we're, we're systemizing our entire economy, right? And, that's, and that, there's something great to be said for that. I mean, hey, efficiency is great, but you know, these real prophetic guys like Elon Musk and stuff, say what you will about him, are, are sounding the alarm about this stuff. So it's not coming from a couple crazy people. It's coming from people with a fairly large swath of information you know, to, to, to pull from. And I would argue, and, and I'm, not, I'm not super educated on the subject, I'm just coming from a place of kind of intuition and, 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 and heart because I really, my heart goes out to people because I've, I, me personally, Devin, have really struggled with these things. And I've found a way out, if you will. I've found a, a healing place to, to stand, but it's, it's, it's semi-counterculture. And I struggle with that because it's like, well, well fuck, dude, I'm just as willing to be part of the national or rather the, the, the public discourse as anybody else. I'm not, I'm not a shy guy, but I feel that when I say anything that's even slightly anti-progressive capitalism, it's seen as a Luddite, like, oh, you just want to tear it all down. It's like, no, I don't want to tear it all down. I want to like take a real honest look at the way that we're moving. And, and I, that's why I'm interested to speak with, with, with you and other individuals that are passionate and, and have, a, have a perspective that they're willing to you know, educate themselves on and, and test against other people and, and, and try to make it clear what is really going on because I don't know, I just see, I see these things happening and I think the environmental you know, situation is a part of this whole evolution and man, I don't, I don't really have an answer, you know? Yeah, no, you're asking like, I think you're asking the right questions. I mean, this really is, this is the question that everybody is asking inside always because we all feel that something is wrong. We all feel that this is not perfect. And we all have this desire to make things right. We have this desire to rearrange the reality and to bring it into harmony with, with what is the question, right? So like the mainstream view is that, oh, this is all this, the, the natural evolution of humanity, that we came from pond scum and then the pond scum became conscious and certainly suddenly became animals somehow. And then after rocks turned into animals, insert miracle here, then we, uh, you know, branched off and differentiated in all these different species because... Mm -hmm just because, because natural selection. So, I mean, the, the, and I'm, I'm very critical of uh, Darwinism and of natural selection and all, all these, um, these worldviews because they all have the same metaphysical presuppositions and they're all built upon materialism. So it's like whether you're a, right. um, so, all right. So you being somebody like, obviously you're not like some rabid communist or something like that, but you're, no. you're, you're questioning the, you know, the mainstream and you called it a uh, progressive capitalist. I think it's a really interesting term, right? Because, when you look at the fake left right you have the right the like kind of right or even like these alt right people and they're like uh very critical of the left and then you know the further left gets like full on communist the alt right gets into like ethno nationalism and stuff like that and create these ideas are getting thrown around on both sides but they both most of them actually adhere to the same dogma anyways they all believe in evolution they all believe in darwinian evolution and they all believe in materialism and um a really good book uh, that I think you would like, it's this book. It's called Nihilism, uh, The Root of the Revolution of the Modern Age. And right. that's by, yeah, so it's, this is The Root of the Revolution of the Modern Age, Nihilism, by Father Seraphim Rose. He's an Orthodox Christian. Um, uh, is he a priest? He was a, uh, anyway, he, uh, Father Seraphim Rose 
has some really, really good books, but he breaks down kind of the issues with uh, the nihilist dialectic, he calls it, um, hmm. where it's essentially we have a loss of meaning. You mentioned like Jordan Peterson. He kind of touches right. on this in some of the books. We've got a loss of meaning in our world. We've had God removed from under us. Right. And society now believes in we're going to evolve into becoming our own God or we're going to make our own gods out of AI and those AI gods are going to run everything and automatize everything and make it this perfect utopia. And you have all these different brands and flavors of utopian, uh, you know, projecting planning and dreaming like these utopian aspirations. Uh, but most of them are, are actually fundamentally flawed. Like we're starting from the assumption of something that is a very, very false assumption. And that's nihilism. That's that there is no objective truth. That truth is just, we come together and we agree on there being a truth. Um, and that it's all just subjective. And then we start from that point and it just becomes this kind of, uh, just a really big confusing, uh, search for power like all these different groups struggling for power and uh on the left you have the, the everything comes down to power in their worldview right it, it all comes down to domination of other groups and some groups are in power and some groups are not in power and they have this like liberation theology ideology about uh you know liberating ourselves from the evil capitalist system and then on the other hand you have oh laissez-faire we've got to just let the free market reign the free market's going to take care of all this and both sides miss it. Both sides are missing right. your, uh, something major. And really what it comes down to, I think is we've all got, um, what I sometimes call a God shaped hole inside of us. We all <laughs> want like that. something. Yeah. Like we want something outside of this and we need something outside of our own perception, outside of our own selves, our own mind to justify there being any truth outside of us. So we've had an objective truth destroyed in our uh in our worldviews a lot of us and we've been raised basically believing contradictory things believing that um you know that we came from monkeys and that we're just animals uh and that behaviorism is the way that you create the utopia when you look at the people who are bringing in the ai revolution who are bringing in automation or automation rather um, who've been writing about this for like the last 100, 200 years, even more, some of them, uh, going back in the British Royal Society, kind of through like the elite circles of the Anglo-American establishment, you have a lot of people who are very utopian in their thought, uh, who buy into the idea of evolution, Darwinism, and of, you know, basically us going from pond scum to uh, shrews to eventually monkeys to humans, and then now we're going to become transhumanist gods and we're going to upload our consciousness into uh you know silicon form and we're going to meld with uh infinite ai and control all of reality and control all physical resources and live forever it's just it's a very delusional worldview I and i think that's like if we accept that then it just it sets us up for madness but also fighting against that we've kind of as a society we don't have to fall back on other than that like what do we have other than you know, the good old American way, the dollar, put some elbow grease into it. Hey, maybe you can become Bill Gates. Maybe you can make the next Facebook, even though Facebook was started with like uh, you know, several hundred million dollars of seed money from uh, you know, Winkle Boss. Yeah, InQtel, which is Peter Thiel, um, angel investors that come straight out of DARPA and the military industrial complex. So it's not the free market idea is kind of BS, but also this whole like we're going to be liberated by. Um, you know, this liberation theology that kind of becomes this Luciferian kind of struggle for freedom and 
creating your own order out of this chaos. It's perceived chaos, right? But I think that we, uh, I mean, I'm going off on all sorts of tangents. No, here, I'm, but- I'm with you. I want to give you a chance to get the whole thought out. I mean, there's a couple of places that interject, but nothing with real, real content other just little anecdotes, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's, I'll just throw the mic over to you and you can yeah. direct it because I don't know where I would take it. There's a million different ways I can go. Right, right, see, right. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think that, you know, as, so you're talking about kind of the two ways that we can miss the mark, so to speak, the, the, the divine mark, if you will. And I couldn't agree more. And, and I've heard it, you know, articulated again by Jordan Peterson. I'm, I'm a fan of his um, among, among some other good, good thinkers and talkers. And he talks about, you know, the, the pitfall of, of nihilism. So it's like, if we're not focused on, on the, the great mystery, if you will, then we can fall into nihilism. There is, there is no point. But we can also fall off the other side into like a materialistic totalitarianism. Like, I know everything. I know everything that's important. I have the things that create, you know, uh, meaning. And I'm going to use them to fucking destroy the people that would go against, you know, the the, the correct. That's ultimately a nihilistic worldview, too. Like, that's ultimately like you you become your own authority. Right. Uh-huh. You become the arbiter of truth and the cutting knife, the cutting edge, rather than coming in alignment with divine will, with the will of God, right? And having, you know, something outside of ourselves to justify that truth. It's more like the, I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's, there is, there's that totalitarian worldview, but nihilism is a totalitarian worldview. Sure. Nihilism, but, right. Yeah, I hear you. I, I, I guess the distinction for me is where we stand on materialism. So, and, and listen, I, I'm, I'm shooting for the middle as well. So I'm not arguing for either side. I think it's fair to understand yeah. the polarity to try to be, balanced in between them but uh, one way that i've conceptualized it is with relation to the material world because i think that we're both articulating this this fundamental reality that there's a truth outside of the material world and the people that are the most charismatic the people that are the most magnetizing the people that really do end up in positions of of honest to goodness power either they're pathological or they're in touch with that place and that thing yeah, yeah. if you will and or, so or or they're in touch with that place or that thing but that place or that thing is also dual and there's evil and there's good at that level as well sure sure yeah, sure sure i buy that in my worldview the way the where i'm coming from what i believe is you know I've, I've kind of we haven't really talked about this ever but i i align uh with uh, or eastern orthodoxy and what we believe is that you know that there was a fall right that we're not like we weren't monkeys who became humans who are going to be i understand gods. sure Kind fell and there was a fall and before the fall there was a completely different uh there was a very very different reality that we inhabited before the fall and the reason we see you know death destruction um sin in the world is because of our own choices and because of the fall um i've heard the same um let's call it uh archaeological uh theory posited by graham hancock uh uh have you have you read any of him or have you have you heard of him or his his supposition he, he talks yeah. about the the evidence for a predominantly shamanistic culture, something like fifteen thousand years ago. Hugely successful, millions and millions and millions and millions of people strong, maybe billions. I couldn't tell you. Uh, and that that kind of resonates with me, and I think it fits into to the picture that you're painting. That at some point in our human history, we kind of got it r- more right. We kind of were on the correct wavelength, if you will, of of things like respect, of things like like resonance and, and these kinds of woo-woo things that get that get you know gl- gl- glazed over in 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 certain crowds but um to me really speaks to me so so i guess what i wanted to say kind of in the same topic of you know 
the, 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 the two far outer reaches that tend to be illogical in a certain level of analysis and then how I conceptualize that center point. And I was going to say something earlier to the effect of understanding that the Eastern philosophies, the Eastern religious, you know, although Buddhism isn't really a religion, but like the Eastern pursuits, the Eastern thought process gets something right that is really integral to the conversation that we're having. And, and I, I, I definitely am pulled in that direction as well. I'm not, I'm not like, compelled to walk in that direction in a very different way. I'm like, I like see it and it pulls me in that direction. And, and in my life, when I've kind of answered that call or allowed that call to animate me, I've had really wonderful experiences. I end up having really, really magical things happen in my life. Um, and, and I'm one to be just as much of a cynic as the next guy. So that's why I try to hold up these things against, you know, rigorous truth. And, 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 and I, and I do, and, and it still holds up, you know, I've, I've had, um, books and, and people and, and, and experiences come into my life when I've been looking in the distance to that thing that that is that that feels like humanity as opposed to something that I've been given that's sterile and you know scrubbed down and so for me it's like getting away from the thinking that nothing has meaning thinking that computers are a waste of time and everything's shit and, and, a, and a materialistic nihilism like I'm gonna go live on a hill and also getting away from computers and, and systems are the only thing because I think that there's a there's a center point where it's like I don't want to have shit I don't want to have too much stuff I don't want to be consumer based I don't want to be a cons yeah. you know I don't want to be a consumer first but I certainly yeah. get that being able to have this conversation with you and reconnect is a beautiful thing and I'm and I'm glad and I'm honored to be able to have that opportunity and without my fucking MacBook Pro it would be a little bit more difficult for us to just kind of meditate and try to you know astral plane it out you know so so like I think that Let's think it's, that, it's not really, I'd say it's a false dialectic, right? So it's like, look, the material world does exist, but it doesn't mean everything is material. Uh, material, the material realm reflects the spiritual and, you know, I mean, it's, they're both intimately intermeshed and we are, we're not just a material being and we're not strictly spiritual. It's like, we have a body, we have a soul as well. The body doesn't work without the soul, right? And then there, there's something very, very special about you know the body but the, you know, the body does not last forever as far as like this manifestation goes but you know we have the resurrection where we believe that you know the, in the resurrection all of all of all of creation becomes deified right and this is kind of one of the differences in eastern orthodoxy and then in like a lot of like protestant and catholic um circles is you know we've got a lot of these problems that, that theologically come up when um you know, different sects are coming up with different ideas about it. But what we believe is that the, uh, you know, the body, the physical world, it's not bad. Like we have the passions, we have things that, that we're drawn to, right? Like we want, we want connection, but that desire for connection can lead us to idolizing our lovers. That desire for connection can lead us to idolizing friends. And then there's a whole system of just corrupting that. And there's an entire system built around celebrity worship where it's just, right. that's what I was going to say the most base impulses where we're constantly looking for those idols and, and, and they provided for people. And then they come with other messages, which kind of fit into the greater cultural zeitgeist. So what I see is not, it's not like it's this, uh, it's, it's not like it's always being consciously done by human beings, but we do start to get manipulated into these kind of, uh, these cultural cycles that are visible and, um, and observable and there are people who study these cultural cycles for generations, for centuries, and just basically understand that there are, um, 
that there are ways to move mass consciousness and to manipulate mass consciousness. And I think that's what we're seeing with, you know, devices like uh, the iPhones and, you know, all these things, which are really cool, which we can do cool things with, but at the same time, it's a two edged sword, right? So there's uh, it's, it's not that these things are bad because matter and physical reality are bad, right? It's not like, Oh, the whole world, everything is bad. Everything's terrible. It's not how it is, but it's uh, we, through our choices, through our own decision, and through us having the wrong intention, we end up using these tools to destroy ourselves rather than to rectify ourselves. So we use, you know, uh, in, instead of instead of using our energies in certain ways, we just use them to you know tear down our own nest instead of building it up, basically. Well, but the, but but it's possible to do the latter. It's possible to to build as opposed to destroy. And I think it's. It takes it takes balance, huh? It takes truth. It's a, so I was I was really uh, interested in the like I I, hate, I hesitate to say this because it has such a a, um, a, uh, a negative connotation, but the occult and why not for any religious purpose, not for any worship, nothing like that. Just for a a, a genuine interest in a intellectual pursuit that is a antithesis to you know, it's all, it's all, um, how can I say, in the light. Well, we, all, we know it's not all in the light because we all have dark places. We all struggle with negativity. That's just the human condition. So I was really interested in that. So I, I learned enough about it to get something from it that was helpful for me. And what I've seen and what I continue to see as, as, a, as a resounding truth is that there are levels of reality at any one time. Like, it's you know, there, there, there's the highest heights of, of potential and, 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 you know, where our energy can go up and, and, and navigate, but there's also the underworld. The underworld is a kind of an ever present thing. And one of the things that the occult teaches a person when they're, you know, courageous enough to learn is that there are ways of navigating the underworld. And the underworld is a place that a person gets sent when their life becomes chaos, right? That God bless that person on the street that's homeless and you know, has no money, yet that person's living in the underworld. Well, what operates the underworld? Well, chaos, monsters, symbolism. There's a lot of symbolism. So if you're in a gang, you wear a certain symbol on your back, and that identifies you as being a part of a certain group. You don't, you know, uh, drive a certain car. You don't, you know, do this or that. You, 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 you elicit, a, elicit is maybe not the right word. You, you promote a certain symbol. So I, th I found that interesting. Not that I'm you know, trying to make a home in the underworld, but just that I've been through it in times of depression and, and trauma in my life, and I've gotten out the other side. And that's been an extraordinarily character building experience for me. You saw me when I was in, in dark places, to be honest with you. And what I've come to learn is that there's really simple symbolic representations of the way to navigate back to the light, if you will. And these things are things that I would like to give to people. But the thing that I've recognized about myself, as much as I'm, you know, articulate and I, I find myself to be able to understand things, you know, fairly well, I can be a blowhard. I can be somebody who is hard to take seriously because I have a hard time shutting up. So I realize that I can only effectively plug myself in when I'm invited. And so I find great joy in being able to have good conversations with like with people with like, like yourself, Tristan, and and I, I have to find where I'm wanted and needed because then I can kind of let myself flow. And I've, I've run into brick walls flowing in, in inappropriate times. But uh, the, the tools that navigate that dark place of human experience that's not 
bounded by systems of behavior like protocols in emergency medicine or you know rules for the office like the, in the workplace are very simple and they're symbolically relevant the truth you know, those places too though they are bound by certain rules and there is a right. logic and there right. is right so like when you read the occult literature and you know, like these black magicians and stuff even like these guys like crowley i mean it's right. like they very specific things that they would do and uh right. you know for instance like the, the whole thelema and crowley his whole thing was about doing what abhors you the most and just going as deep into it as you can in this kind of dark ecstasy this like basically butt sex yoga is basically like that's what the, was the crowley and stuff where he just wanted to do what would disgust him the most including the most hor- horrendous sexual acts that you could think of including bestiality uh child abuse like these things that he oh, wrote about it i don't know so about that yeah, so it's like, but but then at the same time, he's he's kind of <laughs> this guy that in the mainstream, like the Beatles had him on their album cover. Um, he was very very influential in the sixties. Well, um, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna if we're yeah, it, I'm Leary sorry. Said, go ahead. Leary believed that he was the reincarnation of Aleister Crowley. So yeah, so it's like yeah, the the occult stuff. It's so fascinating, but i i think that it might i'm just i'm trying to just point out this one thing that you said well and if we interpret it in the in a certain way like the way that you're saying you know you didn't like the structure of consensus reality because you saw that there was this veneer of bullshit right a lot of it seems arbitrary and i totally agree with you well but, i mean it, it it depends on what subculture of reality you're in there's not one right. overarching narrative that's very rigorous there's there's you know there's lots of different groups you can you can and they all, they all have sense. sets of rules and stuff to maintain a certain right. order in their little world to maintain this this uh, this whole energy flow going, um, but but there are there's rules at all those levels right there's rules even in the like the the deepest realms of the occult where you know it's about contact with spirits and entities and um, well I was going to say earlier not to interrupt you but but the one of the the main things that I wanted to, to forward with with thinking about that place because it's a real place you go to a, you go to an MMA fight you know that's not a UFC fight you're going to see the underworld you're going to see gangs you're going <laughs> to see and I'm dead serious that's what it is so so to me I've been interested in in those kinds of communities because they're not your white collar communities and how do you conduct yourself in those communities well it's very simple yeah. you have truth number 1 is truth you speak the truth you're you're honest if you're honest, you have a sword in your hand. And that, on, that, that sword of honesty can cut through any bullshit. Okay, so you have the sword of honesty. This is something that resonated with me when I was trying to learn and, and educate myself on how people can be subversive or manipulative. Or like, what is that? Well, it's, 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 it's understanding these tools, in my opinion. And truth is some is people, one. Some people, they don't even understand it. They just do it because they've yes, been rit- they're ritualistically recreating what they learned from their parents. Who it's like, so there's... Yeah, there's the aspect of wielding it consciously, and there's psychopaths who have taken who's taken a step back, and who no longer feel bound by you know common morality, empathy, and all these things, and then they just start wielding this ruthless nihilist sword. Right. Uh, but then there's people who are just like you know I feel like the average person, you know, somebody who grew up with maybe like a you know like a really screwed up father who was an alcoholic and would beat on him and stuff and who was like kind of schizo like they just they end up doing that and just manipulating people in the same exact way that they saw their father do and they don't even know they're just like that's how you get love that's how you get your bowl of cereal right like that's right. that's how right. you get money like that's yeah, how they think yeah. they do it. i feel Crazy. you there's a book called the Celestine prophecy and that was an introduction to the idea of um playing dramatic roles in in of character to get attention and that we all learn how to do that at a young age um 
you know, but then I've, you know, the, the, the parable of the two sons who has, who have an alcoholic father, one son goes on to be an alcoholic, one son goes on to never touch alcohol. And you ask both of them why they do what they do. And they say, watch my father. Right. So there's at the end of the day, there is a personal responsibility that is exacted, whether a person is conscious of it or not. So you might as well be conscious of it. Right. And so my thing was, you know, okay, I have to tell the truth. Period. I just I have no other recourse because no matter who I blame or where I've come from, the truth is the 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 sword that cuts, right? So you got the truth. Then you've got the cup, right? The cup of Christ, the cup of of giving, the cup of charity, the cup of brotherhood, the cup that is the cup that is passed, that is where we all can sit at the same table, right? So you have the sword of truth and the cup of of shared you know, life force, right? So that's a really powerful symbol. And it makes sense, right? Like you could change that to the the the, the menstrual cup, the the moon cup. There you it's go. Like sure. Life force. <laughs> well, it's, it's, ryth- it's rhythmic. It's monthly. Yeah. It, it represents the 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 harvest. It represents the flow of the tides. Sure. Why not? So you've got the cup. <laughs> then you've also got this the shield of compassion, of yeah. of kindness, of respect. If you're respectful and you tell the truth and you're in the, the world's worst company, they're not going to fuck with you. Why would they? You feel me? So, so there are these underarching, not overarching, under, underarching, under, you know, um, uh, foundation level virtues. And I agree. I think that uh, to, to touch on something you said earlier, there are people that become maniacal or fanatical or just just pathological and how they utilize those things. You listen to a salesperson, they're just going to tell you bullshit. And I just don't ever want to be that kind of person. Um, so I'm really intrigued by these things. And, um, you know, but the underworld, the, the concept of underworld, this is, it's not just, all right. So you mentioned like, uh, MMA, that's not UFC. Like that could be right. underworld. It's like, that's more of the, well, I just uh, went to a fight. That's why I said that it was interesting. Yeah. That's like black guy, blue collars. Right. But, but right. Then there's also the right. underworld. The underworld also permeates the, uh, the, the highest levels of uh, yes, you know, high society as well. That's so, right. I mean, you see, like, I mean, child trafficking, uh, you know, uh, tra- traumatic ritual abuse, like these other, like these other, the dark underbelly of humanity, it's at every level it's everywhere. of yes, sir. society. And the, the people at the lower end, like who are, you know, I mean, the, the like the weirdo um, uh, trailer park dudes who are just kind of pawns for whoever comes along and understands how to use them in their games there uh then there's also you know the the heads of corporations who maybe have certain tastes that are uh, uh certain obsessions certain tastes and certain inclinations that are not accepted or uh, deemed to be morally wrong and they can be manipulated using that so there are there's there are things at every level of society that are uh it's a good point that, yeah it's not it's not one like i'm sorry human. Yeah, yes sir human. that's right so i think we all we all are influenced by that part of you know uh human like what is that that's the yeah. question though. Like, what Sym- is that what symbolism? is that darkness? symbolism it's symbolism what is it's that lower brain it's in my opinion it's it's the the lack of rational discourse internally in in reacting to the environment it's understanding you know good and bad at a very 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 low primal you know instinctual level and it's a thing that we are not very good at integrating as a society into the larger narrative it's just we don't even talk about it you know and eastern people do like i my dad remarried a, a lady from thailand so i you know i spent some time with thailand um you know in thai people and they they have that those things integrated into their culture their language is tonal so 
they speak in a way that is consistent with the meaning of their words. In English, we don't do that. We use sarcasm. You know, we, right. we use all this kinds of, um, you know, this, this, this shit that is subversive where you can't do that in Thai. You can't say a word, you see, that means something two different ways or, or literally is the other word. Um, they, you know, they take very seriously how they bow to one another. It's, it's always based on age. Um, sex is less of an issue than is age. So you don't call somebody he or she or sir or ma'am. You call them older or younger. So like, I feel like there are, there are cultures that are longstanding cultures, no matter, you know, what turmoil they've been through and, you know, and, and to what degree they've been erased, you know, tragically as it is. Right. But that still uphold some of those, 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 those fundamental truths, as you touched on where, you know, we, we kind of might've had it right. 15,000 years ago. I think that's a very interesting idea because I think there's still a lot of our, 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 our people in, in today's day and age that feel that way, that say, well, hold on, like I, I can conduct myself consistent with these truths and boom, stuff starts working very well for me. So, so there must be some... But these cultures, you know, like, I mean, Thai, Thai culture and in, uh, in a lot of the East, I mean, you know, China, India it's not like these places are free of suffering, sin, and, you know, degeneracy either, right? It's like yeah, there's certain cultural mores and there's certain things about them that, are, that may be superior to what we see in the West right now. But at the same time, there's still all the same issues that, that we deal with. Right. So to me, it seems to me like the, you know, the, the problem goes much deeper than that. Um, right, right. I, think right. I hear you. I hear you. Identify what the issue is. The properly, I mean, it, it all comes down to the worldview. It all comes down to where we believe we come from and the meaning uh, that we give this reality. So if we believe that it's just a simulation and it's just like a video game, it's like, all right, you know, I got, I got one life to live, dog, YOLO, but maybe I'll jump on that mushroom and I'll get another one and I'll jump down the sewer and beat Bowser and I'll have there you two. Go. It's like, you know, so that, that's like one view of reality, but, um, you know, that's going to inform the way you act. Like if you think also that uh, you're, you're constantly going to, you're going to reincarnate and that we're like that matter is this constant evolution of matter that the world is just this constant evolution of matter consuming itself and becoming different forms and manifesting different myriad forms, then that'll inform the way we behave too. Just like, you know, if you believe that we were made in the image and likeness of God uh, and that we fell from uh, an incorruptible state. Bye-bye. <laughs> we fell mom. from an Nice. Bye, Ma. I met your mom a few times, man. Yeah. I remember. I'm, I'm remember sorry. Go ahead. I was just thinking about your, your dog, Jade. Your yeah, Jade. she was a sweetie pie. Dude, she had two strokes before she passed away. She passed away at 15. Uh, my mom got another pit bull named Dusty, who's a very sweet doggy. She uh, has to get She's surgery on her legs. She's still around. How old, how old is Dusty? She's, she's uh, probably five or probably five or six. Wow. She's a sweetheart. Yeah, she's uh, in, in, um, in Monterey with... Uh, with Jim, my mom's husband, so she's going back yeah. there. Yeah. You remember, remember Duke? I remember Duke. Is Duke around? You just missed him. He died last year. Oh, yeah. I remember Duke as a little puppy. Yeah, he used to play with. Uh, what was your dog's name? That Jade. That, Jade. No, the Retriever. Oh, Maverick. Maverick. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah. Sarah had Maverick and uh, BB, the little black dog that I took up to the, uh, to the waterfall one time and she slipped and fell in the water. And then ever after that, she'd never touch the water. She would like okay. climb a sheer rock cliff before she'd like get weighed into the water. She's terrified of the water. I was like, I didn't know that dogs have such 
ingrained memory systems, but it was really interesting. She had that one experience, yeah. boom, she wouldn't touch the water ever again. Uh, Duke, Duke had, uh, he got swept away, away by a wave at the dog beach in Santa Cruz. At, oh like, no. What was that beach called? Um, I, I know the one. Called. I know the one you're talking about. It's like, it's yeah, like um, yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's like right next to such something cove, Mitchell's Cove area, right? Got smacked Four natural way. bridges. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He got smacked by a wave, and after that, he was just over it, didn't want to go in the water. Aw. I was there one time, and a whale came by. Humpback whale. No bullshit, like, less than 50 feet from the sand. Everybody on the beach just went. Like, it was mesmerizing. It was unbelievably awesome. They, like, the, the grace with which whales and, and, you know, all cetaceans move through the water. Like, I feel it in my chest. Are you, are you leaving right now? Okay, hold on. Let me say, say goodbye to my mom. So give me just one more. You remember Tristan from Santa Cruz? Yeah. Here he is. Say hi. Hi. Hey, how's it going? You look great. You too. How, what a cool setup you have. What a cool setup. Thanks. I was just telling Evan that I was just... Oh, you're in Ecuador. Well, 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 no, no, no. How cool. <laughs> <laughs> are you, okay. are you Devin, around? I'm sorry. It was just really nice to see you. Devin and I were just talking. We were reminiscing about Jade, your old dog. I love oh, that dog. The best. Jade. I know. I miss her so much. I have a sorry. new one and she's a little bit of a tard. No, she's not. No, she's, no, not. she's a weirdo. She'll just look at you, you know, just like, okay, now what are you going to do? No, 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 <laughs> she, no, no expression at all. Very different. She doesn't think, she doesn't think uh, Dusty is as expressive as, as Jade, but that's not true. All right, well, okay, I love you. Love you too. I'll see you. Drive safe, okay? Yeah, I will. So she is, we had the whole family over here for, uh, for, for Father's Day. Um, so my mother, her brother and sister, um, my cousin, uh, my brother, okay. his wife, and my nephew, we all got together. Oh, man, the, the, the energy flows when you get the whole plan <laughs> together, dude. My back was in spasm last night. I was in, in a lot of pain. Like, to speak to how important balance is, you know? Like, I, I heard a funny quote one time, and it's like, if you think you're enlightened, spend a week with your family. Yeah. It's like, fuck. <laughs> years old right everyone you know kids. straight up dude everybody knows all of the the pitfalls of, of you know my character everybody knows exactly the buttons to just be like hey hey Devin, you, you remember that you remember this yeah, yeah straight up dude. I, think got, I think i've got all of these you know ascended ideas and then i just feel like i'm struggling for attention when i was you know nine again yeah it's funny and and so you know I, I was going to say earlier, and I think there's truth to it, and it certainly is a challenging truth for me to, to embody, and that is the way to, to, to bolster oneself against the corrosive influences of, of you know, dogmatism, of, 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 of buying into an ideology, no matter how potentially good it is. You, you, you highlighted even the Eastern you know, side has terrible pitfalls. Um, is is from a foundation of the self and the family, like from a, from a place of community, from a circle. Like a circle is a super important symbol. And why is a circle a super important symbol? It has no edges, and you, it, it goes around and fucking around. It never stops going around, right? And so, one one metaphor, one symbol that's been recurring to me in 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 helping my grandparents, you know, and and caretaking for them because that's what my wife and I are doing professionally right now. Uh, I'm going, I'm, I'm trying to educate myself and working to become a paramedic, uh, is that the circle is the healing influence in 
in negative emotional environments. And why is it? Well, everybody sits at the table. Everybody has a seat at the table. You know, the Knights of the Round Table, the, the you know, whatever. All, all, it's, it's a recurring symbol, I'm sure. Well, if any negative impulse comes into the circle, it quickly dissipates because it has to go around the whole circle or it starts like star patterning, patterning from person to person. So, so what I've recognized is if there's any bad feelings, no matter the stress level, no matter who's coming at who, who's the, the bad guy or the bad you know, person one day or the who fucked up, whatever, as long as everybody has a seat at the table and everybody has the opportunity to have their thoughts and feelings shared, and, and thirdly, that nobody's thoughts or feelings are more important than anybody else's thoughts or feelings, then the good things start to rise and the bad things dissipate. And I don't know, I can't really articulate why that, that occurs, but I find that to be true. And I'm, I'm no better arbiter of goodness than anybody else. What I feel that I have the, the potential is an arbiter for like holding the circle together. It's like, no, the circle is the important thing. I'm, I'm not the important thing. The, 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 the continuity of the healing nature of the family is the important thing. So how can we ensure that everybody feels that they have a seat, you know? And so that's, that's an interesting thing that I've found too, you know, and um, like, like weirdly it'll, it'll, it'll manifest like in social circumstances, you ever notice how if you get two people together, they're going to usually go face to face or they'll go shoulder to shoulder, right? That there's a kind of a symbolic representation of either they're, you know, working something out or they're facing a shared, you know, adversity together. Then three people, it's always a triangle, right? And if it's not a triangle, if either, if any two are closer than the third, then that third's slowly being ostracized, right? And just, in just body language, you know? And then if there's four, it should be a cross, right? Or a square. And if not, there's, there's kind of a, a push and pull. And, and I just think that that's this interesting organizing factor, organizing principle that is this, the, the representation of divinity. I think that it's, it's ever present in the sense that it organizes people and it organizes people into families. It organizes people into, into groups that are like-minded. It organizes people into groups of people that have a shared endeavor. You know, if you're into martial arts or something, you go to your studio and that's a sanctified place, right? We bow on, before we go onto the mat, we bow before you get off the mat. That's just how martial arts is done, right? There's a master. Um, I feel that one of the culturally corrosive things to the 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 like normalcy of divinity is money is this idea of power and i think the right and left have you know politically in this country have very different narratives on what that is but they both kind of agree that it's not a good thing like the right says well if you're insider trading and you're a monopoly and you're you know fucking up the free market you're doing it wrong but the left says well any crazy you know hierarchy of power is just is just people using you know this this organizing structure you know, in, 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 in a negative way. Well, I see these organizing structures on the levels that I, that I, you know, navigate. And it's very difficult for me to be able to at once occupy a place in what I feel like is a divine order. And at the same time, uphold that divine order against, you know, challenge because I, well, I don't know why, because, but I, I definitely feel that. And um, I find that to be very, very interesting. Yeah. Hey, one second. My, I hear my wife's phone. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, go ahead.
All right, sorry about that, man. No problem. Headphones back. All right, I'm back. Can you hear me? I can. I can. I can. I, I had a, an, a, an anecdote to share with you that I thought was interesting to, to an earlier discussion we were having. Um, you were you were highlighting how um, the some of the people at the highest heights of you know the the American aristocracy are these real despicable people with their conduct, right? Like you're saying the underworld can reach even to the highest heights. And, and I'm sure there's truth. Yeah, like mafia. I mean, everybody knows Under about the mafia. Very, right. very high society, sure. high crime. Sure. High so I, I, I heard recently that Rene Descartes, you've heard, we've, all heard, we've all heard his name in, in school, right? That he was like one of the founders of, of, of rationalism. He was one of like the, the what, the Renaissance age thinkers and, and, and you know, hmm. Um, all this, he, he, he was, you know, je pense, don't je suis, I, I think therefore I am. I just, I just heard from somebody who is more educated on, on him than I am, uh, that he used to fucking like torture dogs, murder dogs with, with the implicit, like, like with, I don't know if that's the right for word. For science, bro. It's for science. Dude. Yeah. Trying to yeah. Well, he, 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 he meant, to, he meant to try to, di he, he meant to posit and disprove the idea that there is a soul. And yeah. I'm like, what torture the dog. fuck? <laughs> So, you know, I'm, I guess that is just a reason. He wants to prove stuff. He wants to disprove the existence of the soul, which he categorically disproves the ability to disprove the existence of the soul because the soul is non-physical, yet he says all reality is physical. Right. So it's circular. It's circular logic. All reality is physical. Therefore, the soul cannot exist because nothing that is non-physical exists because I declare it because I can declare all reality to be physical. And then, and then so proceeds Western rationalist, materialist right. thought for the next several hundred years. And even those ideas, those, the ideas of materialism, Darwinism, and, uh, uh, and rationalism do have their roots in esoteric orders as well. I mean, Freemasonry, uh, you, know, you read uh, like Manly P. Hall, mm -hmm. or even going back to like Francis Bacon. Um, and a lot of these guys have been talking about the important – Manly P. Hall is a, uh, is a Masonic historian and philosopher – who uh, wrote this book, like the secret teachings of all ages and our stuff. And, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the roots of this revolution that we see happening right now, the whole like global nihilist revolution, uh, which is an extension of the communist revolution, which is an extension you know, of the French revolution. They say it's an extension of every revolution that we've seen in the modern age. Uh, Huxley says that it's the ultimate revolution, this whole AI transhumanist, uh, you know, uh, solid state economy where everything is controlled centrally by um, dictocrats and technocrats who program AI and get people to worship this, you know, algorithms basically that they've personified with even the word AI, right? They're telling you it's artificial intelligence. No, it's a bunch of algorithms that are, uh, that are able to predict things that will happen within a closed loop cybernetic system. And as long as you keep everybody feeding information into the system, it's able to, you know, control the behavior of those uh, organisms through uh, just through basic behaviorism. And, um, but the root of that goes back also, you mentioned the occult, it does go back to certain occult orders. Um, Pythagoras was kind of like one of these early, um, philosophers among the Greeks and he talked about uh, technocracy and controlling people through behaviorism and uh, the need for 
uh, actually even uh, using diet as a as a tool. So he, a lot of these people, a lot of these ideas go back far deeper into history than most of us have uh, have looked at. And this is, it's not like this is anything new. You know, the um, the fourth industrial revolution, automation. I mean, people have been talking about this for hundreds of years, and. You know, I, this is something that I've been looking at a lot lately, something that definitely that I definitely think about a lot, especially since, you know, I mean, I use social media to reach out to run my business, seeing how it's changed culture, seeing how it's changed the very fabric of our reality since, you know, 2005, 2006, 7, 8, when Facebook really started getting mainstream. It's really crazy. And it's really amazing how how these tools are so powerful at disseminating culture and a spreading culture. Um but I guess, I mean, depending on your, on our worldview and what we believe about what is right and wrong and good and bad, some people think that this is progressive, like that this is, you know, we're, we're progressing towards this great global society. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I tend to think that we're actually, we're regressing with a lot of these things. We're in many ways, uh, you know, falling further away from connection with our friends and family with like real connection with people as we, you know, just sit and scroll through Facebook and like get dopamine hits from likes, um, you know, likes and shares, basically snorting lines of likes all day rather than really connecting with each other. So it's, uh, you know, the, these tools are so interesting. I, I, don't, I don't know. Oh, you were talking about Descartes and materialism. Uh, this is the logical extension of that, right? Having, you know, cybernetic devices that control our dopamine feedback responses constantly and tie us into a greater hive mind of, uh, a global culture that is being, you know, programmed via imagery, via symbols, via right. uh, language through these devices. So this right here is, uh, this is, these are magical devices. These are, these are magical devices for the, uh, the spread of occult power, which people invite into their lives. We invite into our lives, barely, barely even understanding the Faustian bargain that often goes on with this stuff. And, uh, but these all take place at a more subtle level than most of us are, are looking at that most of us are willing to engage with. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting that you bring up the, uh, you know, the occult stuff. And cause I, I remember you told me about um, that you had like read a little bit about Crowley back in, in Santa Cruz when we lived there. Like I just, I'm remembering a conversation we had way back when, when I was talking about something to do with the occult and, uh, and you mentioned like, Oh yeah, no Crowley, he was a mountaineer. And you he was, were, he was yeah, a mountaineer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he 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 was on some early Himalaya. I mean, I can't speak for the guy's you know uh, soul. I just I just know anecdotes of his of his achievements. But he uh, well, first of all, he just to speak to that, he he um, is supposedly Harold. Oh, you know, sell. Oh, what's up, little dude? Hey, bud. That's Devin. Can you hear him? Hey, my man. How are you? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> He's never had headphones on. Aww. I've known Devin longer than I've known you, dude. Isn't that crazy? You're all right. You having fun? You playing with the doggies? You playing with dogs? What are you doing? No. No? What are you doing? Uh -huh. You're silly. You want to just hang out with me? I'm going to talk to Devin. You won't be able to hear him. Is that okay? Or you can go get mama. Can you do that? You go get mommy? Yeah, go get mama. Go tell mama I'm almost done. A little bit more time. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Bye, Ryder. Later, buddy. Wow. That's Ryder. <laughs> yeah. That's how that's how long ago that conversation that we had. <laughs> I know, right? 
but how long ago was the conversation when you were like yeah crowley's a mountaineer and i still remember that yeah 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 (laughs) right weird stuff yeah um like it's all there but we just we just pull it up when we need it right 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 um yeah i forgot what i was gonna say uh bro i'm i'm super proud of you first and foremost i i'm i'm interested in you know, you're, the, the, the way in which you've been able to, to, to man, bless you, to, to create uh, something that you believe in, something that you're obviously passionate about. Uh, you know, you've, you've gotten on to something that's really valuable, which is obviously good, good clean eating and, and, yeah. and, and, a, and a new way of, of conducting yourself, you know, from, from uh, the Santa Cruz days, if you will. And, and I, I really honor that. And, and I have no place in it other than one that you would invite me to, but I just, I, I wanted to connect with you and, and tell you that I, I think that that's really honorable and really wonderful. And, that, and that's a powerful thing that you're doing. And, and uh, I just say more power to you, you know, and, um, and, and, and what can I say, man? One of these, one of these uh, days we'll have to link up whether in, uh, in Ecuador or, or, or the, the States um, and, and we'll get in the water or do something fun. Yeah, you know, I've I I gotta get to I haven't been in the US since two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven was the last time I was in the US. But this next year I might I might be doing some traveling for some conferences and stuff. Okay. So if I do I make my way through Northern California, I'll definitely let you know, man. And um, you know, I mean it's it's just it's crazy to me how long how long it's been, but it doesn't feel like it's really been that long, does it? It kind of feels like it's life life doesn't change huh i mean it's just i don't know that's a stupid thing to say because it's so trite but like you're, you're my friend like I'll, I'll be your friend for as long as you know you, you, yeah. you, want, you know what i'm saying like nothing you know so yeah I, I don't know it's it's interesting to get older i mean shoot uh there's a lot to be said you've got a you've got a beautiful family if you you know you're, you're, you've built a, a home you know i mean i don't know if you physically built the house but you've built a place for your family that's that's really special dude the house we live in now it is this one's not ours but we're building one are you I'm really not, yeah we're building one to go to to live in that uh that'll be ours um i'm not building it with my hands but you know we designed it and it's uh the floors are getting put in this week so that's pretty cool that's wonderful that's one fight yeah, i saw i saw you in your garden just so excited yeah. about all the all the things that you're planting and harvesting how how cool is that um, yeah, man, I just, I just honor the fact that you're, you're telling your truth, that you're, that you're building something that you believe in. And, uh, I just want you to know that there's a lot of, you know, brothers and sisters out here, if you will, that, that will, will, will cheer for you. Right on, man. Well, I appreciate it. We, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, we've been kind of, we've been kind of on this little road, I don't know, since, since Santa Cruz, basically, and you're just trying to get, get healthy and, you know, promote something that's, that's good and wholesome and healthy lifestyle. And, uh, you know, I mean, if we do want to change things, it's, it starts with us and the foods we eat, the, the way we fuel our body, these really affect us at a basic physiological level. Um, I know something that you really like to talk about mental health, right? Psychological health. This is something that's of utmost importance and most people just bypass it. If your body's not functioning well, the psychology is not going to function well either, right? The gut and the brain are intimately interconnected. And, uh, you know, for us to have a functioning brain, we've got to have a functioning body. So it's, uh, there's a lot of, um, a lot of people out there 
you know, me included in the past, who just you know, don't understand how to feed ourselves, don't understand the importance of good quality food. And this is something that does reflect out into the greater, uh, you know, ripples out in the bigger pond also, because they're, you know, the choices we make economically, like supporting local agriculture, supporting animal husbandry, uh, getting involved in the production of our own food. These things all affect the, uh, these all affect things profoundly. And we are being marketed to we're being marketed all these junk foods all taco bell and stuff and burger king and um you know we're, we're being marketed a bunch of trash which you know is meant to perpetuate a feedback loop of uh you know unhealth uh both physical and mental and cultural and that makes us profitable so you know this is it's not the most profitable business to be in but it's something that it's uh it feels profitable for the soul if you will because it's um you know it's we're all about what's true. We're all about what's real. And we really, uh, we want people to be well. We want people to be healthy. We want people to be happy. And there's not, um, it's, it's unfortunate that we were raised without much knowledge of how to feed ourselves and what the body really needs. I mean, unless you were like an athlete and you were, uh, you know, you're very few of us probably receive proper education on how to nourish the body and how to, um, how to keep it functioning at in top condition and it's uh i know it's crazy i'm 32 which is not like old or anything but i uh definitely feel better now feel in better shape in every way than when i was you know 18 to 25 <laughs> um and that's cool you know it's nice to know that the uh, the body can recover from all the abuse and the laziness and the you know the the things that we threw at it and in it and on it and uh yeah so that's kind of our mission now we want to help people to uh know to to eat well to live well and we really are all about family community and you know just kind of you know building from there because if we're not able to have cohesive families cohesive real communities in the real world we're not going to be able to keep out some of this uh you know degeneracy and nonsense that we see kind of pushing and pushing and pushing uh at an ever-increasing pace uh into our daily lives as you know social media accelerates the dissemination of uh, information uh, propaganda and uh, you know cultural um, nudges to get us moving in a certain direction because that's that's really what we're seeing in a lot of, you know the economy people gauge economic they gauge everything by like economics and uh I don't think it just comes down to that. There are definitely more subtle layers of it, and it's it's way deeper than that. But at just the economic level, it there is a lot of money and energy being pushed into distracting and confusing us. And that's always been the case, at least since we were young kids, when uh you know television was only twelve channels and there was uh you know it was all owned by a few companies. It's a similar situation now, but a little bit more different, a little bit more complex, but same basic core um, thing. And, okay, so uh, I got yes, sir. I've got a, I got a point to make because I know you got to go pretty quick. Um, yeah, you're. you're I got time, man. I got time. Okay, I okay. Yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to articulate one thing that I got a couple different threads to to tie into. So you're talking about you know the the fucking almighty dollar, right? And I mean that's we've talked about that in the in the in this culture for a long time, and and everybody recognizes that you know it's 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 meaningless and it's a means to an end, and it's just you know, it's just, it's shitty to, to follow dollars, right? And, and, and that somehow when people don't do that, they're, they're able to be more successful even monetarily, right? And, and uh, you're to talking a certain about- extent, To a certain extent, because there's things, you know, I mean, you just reject having to provide economically, then you, 
I don't know. I mean, you, you mentioned bums in the street earlier. <laughs> so, man, well, but that, I mean, I mean, like, listen to Bezos, richest man in the world. He would have told you he, uh, uh, in one speech, he goes, you know, we think about the customer. We're always thinking about the customer's needs. We're always anticipating, like, there, there's a way to become financially successful where you're not thinking about the money. And I think that that can be more wholesome. Um, but but what, 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 yeah, what I'm interested yeah, in is what like, if your customer, if your customer, just to play. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Out there. But what if your customers' urges and needs are being nudged in a direction constantly to try to seek comfort because the customer is looking for comfort and satisfaction because they're being constantly advertised to in this culture and, uh, and basically uh, smacked into a place of insecurity, unsureness, and, uh, and depression because that's a marketable state because you could be sold, sold stuff. So you know, you're, you're trying to satisfy your customer, but your customer is also being formed by your propaganda right, right. so the customer right. the average but, customer from amazon is asking for automation because the average customer from amazon is constantly being agitated and is in a constant state of need and desire right so it's it's just a funny thing i'm not saying that like uh that it's all bad but i think i'm just pointing at the more subtle aspects of our our desires that get hijacked right so the customer is demanding ease is demanding comfort but ultimately ease and comfort lead to degeneration they lead to sloth, right. lead right. to, to stagnation. Right. So it, it's, it's a very, yeah, I, I, that probably has nothing to do with the point you were going to make. No, no, it does. It does. It does. It does. I think, I think the, the fair point to be made is that there's no quantifying the strength of the human spirit. You've, you've seen in your own life that when you started giving it the right fuel, your body transformed. Uh, I've watched you build a beautiful family around yourself through, through nothing but your own will. Uh, I've certainly seen heroic stories in my own experience. The thing that I see as being the redeeming quality in the face of all of this, uh, to quote the desiderata, aridity and disenchantment, is that there is heroism and there is divinity and there is beauty, no matter how hijacked our minds are. Trance is real, right? You can, you can lull somebody into trance. People can get hypnotized. Like that shit, whether or not it's woo-woo, Yes, sir. Whether or not it's woo-woo at a certain level, you know, it's, it's, it's true to say, you know, if a, if a person's in a certain peer group, that person's going to kind of mold to that peer group. Well, the thing that I see well, is... Peer, group, peer groups self, self-regulate and maintain yes, a certain sir. trance state. It's about maintaining certain trance states in people. It's yes, about sir. maintaining certain hypnotic states. Sure. Uh, and that's what occult initiations are about as well. Right, uh, right. And so what I see as the redeeming quality in the face of all, you know base inspiration or or evil manipulations is that there is a hero's journey and that we're all on it and any great thinker in my opinion worth their salt has talked about it and the thing that i find fascinating is when i look at every major successful with a few exceptions um major majorly successful I hesitate to say Hollywood, but let's say fantasy story is an iteration, is a representation of the same ascension of the divine individual. Like that's the thing that the Western culture gets right, is that there is a divine individual. Sure, Eastern talks about our fitting into the, into the, into the larger flow and community and nature and all this being a, 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 of the highest importance. But the Western paradigm, right, is you are sovereign. 
You are sanctified. You have the capacity to make your own decisions. You have to answer for them, but you still have this divinity inside of yourself and it should be respected. And we can all we can all ceremonially cer- ceremonially acknowledge that through the cup of Christ and eating eating the bread of Christ and all that shit. And we can talk about that's not that's beside the point. What I'm talking about in in the fact where I see it represented in popular culture gives me great hope for humanity. Because like the the terminus of the argument that we're having is like, or the discussion I should say, because it's a fun discussion and neither of us are, are adversarial. Is are we going to like a Wally? If you ever saw that movie Wally, state of affairs where people are just 500 pounds in automated wheelchairs, just having screens in front of them using credits to take shit in their body. Are we going to like an idiocracy place or are we going towards some kind of revolution of the soul? And I feel like that is just, just as possible and probable. And the reason is you look at, um, you look at Lord of the Rings, you look at um, Star Wars, you look at Aladdin, you look at all of these great, stories that millions and millions and millions and millions of us are, are admitted fans, certainly myself, and you start peeling away the, the representative layers, and they're all the same story. The person goes into the darkness, the underworld, the place of chaos, place that, that, that necessitates a contention, a, a, a contention with the, the greatest evil, a place of no, of no orientation, a place of, 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 of utter hopelessness, but with one redeeming hope that person comes back from that place, tra- tra- traverses through the place of, of, of nihilism, of materialism, of, of hopelessness, of the confrontation of the reality of death, of, of all of these just the deepest fears and pains that we have, comes out with, with treasure, with, with the lamp of the genie, with the, with the sword of Excalibur, with the cup of Christ, with, with the powers of a Jedi, that the, the 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 path through the cave is a is is the most rewarding path and then through the gift having been given in with the confrontation of of the 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 terrible you talk about how crowley did all these horrible sh- things i don't advocate anything immoral frankly I, I would be a shitty person if i did but i do advocate going into the darkest depths of the forest, going into the deepest pains of our emotional selves. Confronted. Yeah, but why? But just the, the question becomes why, I'll tell you. how deep? I'll tell you. Yeah, how deep? As deep as you can what go. If, what if, as deep what, as you can go. What if as deep as you can go is like rape, murder? No, no, not in, not in behavior, in, in, in introspection. I'm not, yeah. talk, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about holding the blade and, and doing yeah, something. But, you, but isn't it, isn't not, I don't think it's something necessarily to be embraced. I think it's the, like, you have low well, impulse. Yeah, I think I'm not. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about lower impulses. I'm talking about the emotional states that motivate lower impulses. Okay, say a kid's been been beat by his father. Say a kid's been been abused. Just just hypothetically, that kid can can behave on those impulses and become an abusive person, which often happens. There's a cycle to abuse. I think that that's fair to say. Psychologists would 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 echo that. Um, I, I I believe, but there's also the honesty and courageous heroic process of you know often with help i mean it's almost impossible to do without help frankly but i i'm i'm crazy enough to think that the help comes when it's needed to to go to those places inside of ourselves psychologically through through you know meditation is such a cheap word but but through introspection through honest introspection and there's dark, i've i've got darkest you know dark places just like anybody but my okay. willingness to attempt just to just fucking attempt to integrate those parts of myself and say man i feel like retribution or vengeance or 
or all of these other just terrible impulses that motivate yeah. terrible behavior are, are mine and I can own them and I can try to understand them and I can move but that's past not, them. That's, not, that's, that's the concept of repentance kind of rather than, rather than integrating the shadow self and of saying, these are the dark aspects of me. I was born this way. I just want to, you know, every once in a while I got to torture a cat or microwave a mouse. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's no, like, I don't follow you on that. Like, yeah, because there are people that are just like, hey, it's all, it's all part of it. It's all just natural. We've got the shadow side, the light and the dark. And, we're, and that's what you know, uh, the magic is about, is integrating the light. Yeah, and see, I disagree. I would say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I would say that a person who goes and does malicious deeds with no remorse is, is missing the point. I think a person who integrates the shadow in terms of violence, let's talk about violence, is like a hunter, yeah. is a hunter. You can go kill a deer if you know what you're doing. Because then guess what? You got meat for a year. And there's a beautiful thing well, to that if you know what you're doing. That's, that's, a, that's a very different thing. Like it's killing a deer, but that's something that's necessary for human life, right? It's like it's necessary for us to... Right. So I would say that that person has more fully integrated their shadow than a person who has done despicable deeds like torturing small rodents. Okay. So I, I, I very clearly distinguish... I, think, I, think, a, I guess a, my, my, my only... I guess what I'm, what I'm just kind of thrown out there is that maybe a, a better like there's probably a better way of explaining it than integrating the shadow because when i hear integrating it's kind of like oh i'm gonna i'm just gonna you know put that in my pocket carry that with me oh there's yeah, no no here's no. jealousy here's no greed. sir no, no sir right. no, i know but i know that's not what you're saying but i'm just like the the word okay of like the shadow right. rather than it's like rather than I, the word repentance just works so well because it's like this is what you. i'm and this is what I do that keeps me away from the truth. And I have to stop doing this. And I have to take account of my actions and do what's right and turn from those old ways and become better in order to integrate. So it's more like a pushing that away. It's like a, it's like a get, get behind me. I don't need this anymore. Here's the truth of it. Here's how I will react to this now. I'm not going to carry this greed. I'm not going to carry the shame. I'm going to move forward and I'm going to understand the wounds and I'm going to dress the wound up and I'm going to pray for forgiveness for creating the wound. And it's kind of, I think that's, that's kind of the way I see it. And, uh, but it's a lot of it comes down to how we explain it in language, but how we explain it in language does affect how we internalize the struggle too, right? Like how we, uh, how we narrate it to ourselves as we're, as we're going through these things. I think it's important. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I guess we have slightly different reactions to the word integrate. I think of it mathematically. So when you have yeah. a function, uh, 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 you know, a mathematic function that with inputs gives certain outputs, you can either derive a new function or you can integrate it into a, into a separate function. And when you derive, it becomes more base. Deriving yeah. is you have an overarching thing and then you can have several derivations. But if you're going to integrate something, it has, to, it has to leap up to a higher level of sophistication where those, all those constituent um, formulas are represented into the integrated function. So yeah, I, I feel it, it's okay to use the word, but I, I, I respect the fact that you don't feel like that word's fair. But to me, integrating is saying, okay, I have this impulse for, for a negative behavior. I have this other you know, feeling of, of having been treated unjustly and I want to respond to that in kind. Yeah. Well, but I am a, a moral being. I know yeah. that I have to be a moral being to, to have any respect for myself. I know that there are ways of conducting myself that, that make me feel good. And there are ways of conducting myself that in the moment are rash or, you know, defensive. I'm a very defensive personality type. That's something that I've recognized in myself and, and, and work really hard to manage. So 
So integrating for me is saying, okay, I have all of this propensity for, for negativity, even though I might feel like it's justified in the moment or whatever, but I can, I can integrate that into the larger thing so that, so that the, the mechanism of those is not, is not base. It's, it's, but why not, why not just discard it? Why not just, why because not just it's true because it's real because it's fit. Because... Yeah. But jealousy or greed or envy, like sure. these are, they're real feelings. Yeah. You can really feel them, but that doesn't mean that they're like, that they're useful, that they're actually something to carry well, they, with us. Yes, sir. And, and, and that's, that's, yes, sir. That's, that's, the, that's the, the crux of the argument. They can be useful if they're properly integrated. You can walk up to somebody and say, you know, you're really successful. And I, I, I'm envy. I'm, well, it's, it's envy. It's envy. It's one of the seven deadly sins, but, but a person can own that. I can look at you and say, Tristan, you have built a business. I'm, I'm jealous. That's wonderful. Good for you. But I also yeah, but you're not jealous though because you're you're happy for somebody. Why not? You, Why not? Why isn't that jealousy? It's still jealousy. Well, jealousy. Jealousy and envy is like you don't want somebody to have it and you want it instead. It's like a it's a, there's a quality well, behind it. Sure, it's the, sure. It's but there's a way of integrating that, yes, sir, into a more balanced perspective, dude. I uh, for sure. I, I, you have a beautiful fit. There's th that's where I'm, just, I'm, I'm picking hairs here. I'm splitting hairs. Probably. I get but, it. I get it. I think it. I think I might be splitting here, but here's what I'm saying. It's like okay, so instead of maybe it maybe it's not envy. I wouldn't say it's envy when you look at someone and say, "Oh, you you've had a good business. I would love to do something like that." It's maybe that's more inspiration, right? And I just I I don't know. Okay. I think the, so let's I think so, yes, sir. I hear not, you. I think the lower the lower parts of our nature, uh, that it's not that's a bad term to use even, but it's like our nature is actually good, but through our decisions we take envy. on all sorts of, we take on all sorts of baggage. And we take on all this negativity. We take on all this. We, we reject the truth. And that's not our nature to reject the truth. We reject the truth and take on a lower fallen nature. That's, I mean, and, and that is, and it's a very, very important point to start at. Because if we believe that we're just, that we are naturally envious, greedy, jealous, murderous, and, uh, you know, and, and full of rage, and that the lower... Uh, that the the passions when they control us and when we're you know completely given over to them that that's normal it's going to inform our worldview right and we're we're basically told that we're told that we're we're apes right that like you're just monkeys and you just want to hump and recreate and, uh, and reproduce and uh, and dominate other monkeys but I don't think that's necessarily true I think we're inherently made in the image and likeness of God we have goodness we are made good but through our actions we reject the good we reject the truth. So, I mean, yeah, it, it I sounds like I'm splitting hairs and I, I don't think, no. you, I'm not saying, no, I don't, know if, I I don't you. think you disagree. I don't, I don't believe that you disagree with that, but it's just, uh, I think the way we frame it can become really, really important. And well, for, I don't, yes, sir. It's a deep conversation. It's a long I conversation. Feel you. I feel you. And, and I hope that we can continue it in fairness. I, I, I respect your time and I'd love to have another conversation because I think that we can get into concepts and, and, and discussions that are, that are nuanced and interesting. And, and I think there's yeah. a respect there in between us that, that, allows for the, 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 the transmission of, 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 you know, of knowledge and, and, and honest thought. So I, I really appreciate you. And, and, yeah, and things, it's, it's, it's a good conversation to have for like eight hours of, right. in front of a fire. <laughs> right, right. right. Well, but, but in fairness, I think that having these kinds of things and, and documenting them and putting them out there is a, is an important part of, as a, as myself saying, okay, I'm willing to, to put myself out there. 
even if one person listens to it and is like, whoa, like that's some shit I've thought about and that's fucking interesting. And these guys are, you know, in different places in the world and they're doing different things, but they're French, you know, they're, 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 there's a foundation of friendship and they're able to, to you know, kick logistics and, and think. And that's, that's wow, I, I, I can't think in my school. I can't fucking speak my mind in, in this classroom. I can't fucking speak my mind in the boardroom or in the fucking in meetings at my, you know, agency that I work for. So this is a, this is a real thing that's very powerful. And, and, and so what I tend to, to think about that, that helps me a lot is that, first of all, first and foremost, disagreement is good. Disagreement yeah. is good. We need, we need to disagree. If, if yeah. we both agreed, why the fuck would we even talk? What's the, what's the point? Right? I know what you're going to say. So why would it's I important to have? Yeah, it's definitely it's so important to have these conversations. But ultimately, the goal, like really, I, I think uh, we should all be trying to come to a place where we do agree and come to the truth. Right? If we're, we all seek the truth and the truth is outside of ourselves and objective, then that should be the goal to reach that. Well, that's a, yes, sir. That's a lot of, of suppositions, though, because because defining truth is very difficult. I mean, there look, there is objective truth in terms of like, Newtonian physics and, and reductionist materialism. There, there are things that are, but there also is unique perspective in the world. And, and each consciousness occupies a very specific point of view that is disparate from any other consciousness. And that, I think that's a beautiful thing. So no, but they're all they're not though. They're, they're completely connected to and yes, dependent on the creator. That's right. They're but, all, but, but, but yeah, I, come, I feel you. I'm sorry. I was going to say truth has to come from outside. Like truth has to be objective or we can't even have language. We can't even have, we can't even have, you, you can't have any, everybody has presuppositions and everybody has to presuppose that there is truth or else you can't have a conversation with somebody. Rather, we have to, we have to agree that these words mean something. Well, but as we, and I feel you, but as we keyed in on earlier, some words mean different things to different people and we have different languages yeah. in the world and we have, so, so, what I feel that is, is relevant to bring up in terms of what we were talking about a moment ago in terms of our impulses. What is yeah. emotion? What is feeling? What, what, what's, what's feeling worthy of our, of our body? What's feeling to be discarded? Yeah. Okay. I think that's a really beautiful topic because I think it, it, it highlights something that I've been really intrigued by recently. And one of the reasons why I've been um, interested to listen to Jordan Peterson, because he lectures on biblical stories. And then I've, I was listening to an audio tape, um, Maps of Meaning, which is his more dense book. He wrote 12 Rules for Life. But in Maps of Meaning, he talks about something very specific. And that is that the mythic is real. Okay. So I've heard so often about our forefathers and so forth that, you know, any creation myth, any, any ancient mythology, any, any, you know, paganistic religion was just a bunch of dumb guys looking around and going, you know, not having any scientific understanding of the world and building up these descriptions and explanations for things that were just based on ignorance. But I've also now been intrigued by the supposition that instead of all ancient cultural wisdom being just ignorance of, of the scientific nature of things, let's say, they were more, how can I say, they, they, were, they were descriptions of the human condition in more nuance and fairness than are our current myths and... and, and, and you know, oh, they were real. The, the pagan religions were all real and the gods of the pagan religions were really 
spiritual they're spiritual entities and these people would contact these entities through ritual and through uh you know initiations and through all sorts of practices and they're definitely is real how how about how about this this uh you know way of representing the idea the idea that the human is a is a sovereign entity is a sanctified body is is the is the is the you know movement towards the ascension of christhood the, the 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 person has the power of the word. The person has the power of good deed. The person has the power of charity. The person has the power of, 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 of truth and kindness. Yeah. But, but guess what? There's, there's the God of anger. There's the God of jealousy. There's the God of lust. There's the God of, you know, you name it. Well, these are just, these are just, we, we interface constantly with the spiritual world. And what yes, I believe sir. is these are, these are, and there's just, there's demonic, there's all demonic realm and demons actually prey on our lower desires. And but they then prey on, why they not? Yeah. Why, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. But why not also to a heavenly realm? There is. That's fucking interesting. Yeah, absolutely. No, but that's, that's the thing. But for the most part, people are interacting with the demonic realm. <laughs> this, is one of the, this is one of the issues. For the yeah. most part, people are more intrigued by it and interacting with that. And that's why we see, I mean, we all know it inside. It's like it, it, most of us have much of our life been, been tortured by these things. <laughs> it's like, I, and, I feel but, you. And, and yes, there is the heavenly realm, the heavenly realms. There, there, is, there are many, um, uh, there, there are angels, there are demonic entities as well. And, uh, but ultimately man is not sovereign. I would say man is not sovereign. And that, really? That's is, interesting. Yeah, we're not sovereign. We think we are, right, we, to a certain extent, all right, man is made in the image and likeness of God and we have free will, but that doesn't mean that most people don't give that free will up. So man is for the most part, yeah, man that, is not sovereign. I hear you. Man, we, we are nothing without God. We're, we need to, we're created and we're in a world that was created. So we're not sovereign because we don't make up any of the rules. <laughs> we don't make up, we don't, we don't, we, we can't make up the rules of gravity. We don't make up yeah, the rules. I hear you. But you don't need to, yes, sir. You don't need to make the game to be a sovereign player. You don't need to well, have. Sovereign, there's one sovereign and the, so, like sovereign is king. Sovereign is, uh, is ruler. And there's, there's one sovereign and that's God. And then there's man who made in the image and likeness of God and who through our will, through actually using our will and lining up our will with the will of God, which to some people looks like the renunciation of their own will, right? So because most of our own will is corrupted, is uh, brought down in the lower passions, the greed, the murderousness, the envy, uh, lust, and all this stuff gets played upon and preyed upon by uh, demonic entities, which we allow. But our so- like we, us being sovereign, I would say that is very, very untrue. And I mean, look at addiction. I mean, yes, there. Ultimately, we can become free of addiction, but that's only through submission to the truth that we are addicted and that we need to be freed of that addiction, right? So, I th- I don't think we're truly sovereign. I, I just, I'm a pain in the ass, Devin. I'm so sorry. I appreciate it. Don't be sorry. I'm interested. I love yeah. having these kinds of conversations. It's a great conversation. Yeah, and I, it's it's all you know. I'm, I'm not because trying to like, bro. I love you, and I disagree with you, and I think that yeah. that's very healthy. I think that that's extremely how, healthy. How can we be sovereign if we are created and if we can't even create a speck of dust? Because that's not what constitutes sovereignty. What constitutes okay. sovereignty is free will. You can choose to say or do anything that you want. Yeah. I'm not going to, I can try to manipulate you, but I, but if I'm a good person, I'm not going to do that. Demonic entity. It's only within the pot, the realm of the possible. We have free will. Right. But we don't understand the, the realm of the possible. We don't understand what's possible. We never have. 
it's, we don't it's, understand everything that's possible because we're not the mind of God. We live, right. We live because we are only we are created and we live because the mind of God exists, but we don't know the whole mind of God and that's part of it. But it doesn't mean that, that, uh, that we are, I mean that to me, that inherently means that we're not sovereign because we're not in charge. We're in charge of our own reactions, but right. we don't, we don't choose everything. But the sovereign, I, I just, maybe splitting hairs here again. Yeah, maybe we just have a different understanding yeah, free will. of the word. I would say, yeah, exactly. But I think there's a higher, I think free will is, is it's true that we do have free will. Um, that's all you that, need. That, yeah, that's something that's created by the sovereign. And it's, yeah, maybe I'm just splitting hairs on word choices. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting. I think, I, I think that to deny, and I mean, we could try to come up with a different word, to deny the, the potential holiness of the individual is to welcome base behavior. But, but in my worldview, if you will, and, it, and I tend to try to have a worldview free of dogmatism, like I, I like to try to be as open as possible because I think that that's a dogma. That's a dogma. Start. That's dog- Fair that's enough. A dog- Fair no. enough, but it's, but it's also a, yeah, no, it's, no. It's, it's also a flexible one. It's also yeah. one that's open to, 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 to disagreement and discourse because I'm not, right. I'm not upholding a, a system of beliefs to, to the best of my ability. I'm, I'm sitting here saying I'm Devin and all yeah. I can speak for is Devin, period. That's, that's, all, that's the only entity that I have dominion over. But I take that very seriously because it's the only entity that I have to answer for. And through that, I can build friendships. I can build relationships with 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 people that are you know with my wife i can i can heal relationships in my family that have had trauma and that that gives me a great deal of power in and of myself and i think that that's something to be celebrated and does that does that denigrate or 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 or, you know take away the place of of the holy you know creator no absolutely not in any in, in in to to me it's a very high call to try to understand how to live in accordance with the highest, you know, laws, if you great, will. Great points. Great points. Now, but how do we know that this is not a false dialectic, the individual versus the collective? Now, this is one of the problems with modern, with modernity and with rationalism is it sets up a lot of false dialectics, uh, materialism versus spiritualism, uh, you know, uh, material versus uh, material versus spirit, body and soul. Uh, these are not, you don't need these things to be separate. The individual right. and the collective are both very important. And uh, to, I think, right, but, the, what, but, the but if, if, if I may, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. The fault, the fault of libertarianism is it deifies the individual. The individual is only deified through God. The, the individual requires God okay. to be deified. Fair the enough. The individual what, is not God just because of the individual is the individual. Fair enough. But who, first of all, I was going to say that as you say, the, the, the individual and the group are both important, but I was going to say that one can't get lost in the other. There can't be a tyrannical leader of the group, and that's the, that's the most important. And there can't be a loss of identifying individuality through concession of, of joining a group. They both have to still have their the identity. tyrannical leader of the group, what if that's God? Right, so that's what I was going to say. So, so you're saying the, the deification of the individual only happens through union with god is or to, to, to paraphrase what yeah. you had said so right, then I'm right. s- or or it becomes a luciferian ideology where the individual through his own will becomes god okay fair enough so what i'm asking which is an inversion and a, and a twisting of the truth because there's a there's a morsel of truth in that in that the individual can be deified through the grace of god through the submission of the to the will of god which is a greater will than our own 
but they twist it and and Luciferians say, no, it's just our own will is Lucifer. Our intellect is Lucifer. And through, uh, through our will, we will become deified and we will become gods of all of matter, which is all of creation will be, it's just matter they believe. So there's, there's a lot, I know there's a lot to unpack there. I hear you. Well, first and foremost, I'm not, nor do I, uh, aspire to be in any way aligned with Luciferianism. So let's just get that out of the way okay. first. No, I'm not, I'm not saying you are, I mean, but that's like the, I mean, materialism is a Luciferian. And, fair, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, I, I hear you. Secondly, I understand the argument I feel where without the representation and honor and, and respect of the, of the outside organizing principle, the, the, the divinity outside, the, the existence of God, you know, putting that importance on the individual can be a real pitfall in terms of morality and behavior. I get, I, I get the argument. So my question okay, is, because, but that's yes, at, at its core, symbolically, yes, that is the Luciferian religion is okay. the fall so represent. Yes, sir. And, and you have all of history as this rebellious, uh, rebellious, um, uh, revolution, right? right. So, revolution, so I hear revolution is, is Luciferian in general. Okay, so so my question then is, uh, fair enough, like like Lucifer was the first one to say, you know, hey, I've got it right, you know, let's yeah. get the fuck out of this, you know, this this tyranny. Okay, you know, and there's a, there's a romantic there's a romantic notion there, right? That 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 the rebellious amongst us can can hold on to. Okay, so my question though is this: if the self, in and of the self, is yeah. not a proper seat for divinity, and and divinity comes from the external, and the self, let's say, is is you know in the Christian tradition sullied and 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 marred by original sin and fallible and you know in the throes. No, no, it's we don't believe that. Well, maybe Catholic. Uh, Catholic okay, Spanish. okay. So that's a different thing. So forget I that. Let's just say this: if the if the seat of divinity is not is not firmly planted in the self, in the sovereign self, then who's to say the mechanism by which it works in the external? By, by whose conduit are you interfacing with this external divinity? Because I would say for me, for my personal belief, yeah. I, I can do so. And I do it in the ocean. And I do it on a mountain. And I do it when I'm open, when my heart is open with people who, yeah. who love or care for me. I do it when, my, when true words come out of my mouth. Now, is, does that mean that I'm holy and that there is no external holiness? No, not at all. It means that sometimes... When, when, I'm, when I'm in touch with a greater power, if you will, I, I feel that I'm in line with that external wholeness. But I still uphold the idea that I'm, a, I'm, it's, it's happening through me. I don't know. Yeah, you have your own individual soul. You have your own yes, individual. Sir. But that you know, communion with the divine doesn't happen just because of us. We, you, we require God to commune with. Okay, like so then, what, then how do you define God, I guess, is the question. Because the, because creator, seems... the creator of all things, visible and yes, invisible. Sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So how do you know, and, I, and that's a, you know, what better simple way of describing the thing that should be communed with, the thing that is overarching above all, you know, the else. The creator of all things. Yeah, right? so, fair you enough. Worship things, you worship right. things, you worship things, you worship, you know. So, so could... my question is this. Yes, sir. How do you know when you're in accordance with that? with it, with, 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 with Godhood. Truth is revealed, right? So truth is only revealed, but through God, truth is revealed by God. That's interesting. So, so it happens through interface. Yeah. With your consciousness in your soul. Right. So it's like you mentioned your heart and that's a big part of it too, right? You're opening up our heart to the reality, to the truth. 
that doesn't mean right. the heart as an organ, right? We're talking about something more than just the well, physical. Well, see, I, yes, sir. I, I understand what you're saying, but I think that the, the two can't be divorced. Uh, there was an inter- there's an interesting um, thing that came into my kind of zone, and that is the heartbeat is not arbitrary. Rhythm, rhythm is not meaningless. Music is not just a random occurrence. Exactly. There's higher me? order. There's higher orders sure. of things. There's there's things that are non-physical, and there are non-physical concepts that inform the manifestations of physical reality. Yes, sir. I mean, and we, we can put words created. on that. That's why we say we believe in one God, Creator of all things, visible and invisible. And that's right? beautiful. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And and I suppose my impulse is then, hey, let's go talk with him. Let's go ride the waves of his glory. Let's go. Let's go try to learn how to purify ourselves through his exactly grace. You know what I mean? There, there, there tends to be an impulse towards a uh, ceremony towards um, you know, what do they call the, the, the sacred ceremonies? We, we, yeah. All of nature has to come back into harmony with God because ultimately all of nature has fallen. Right. I mean, that's in, in, in our worldview. That's what we believe. Now, if you want to, if some people don't believe that they believe yeah, that. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that there's still a lot of hope and I think it's, it's latent in every Human but you have to be, there's fall, we're fallen though. That doesn't, just because there's hope, yes, there's hope. There's obviously, there's hope, there's salvation. But that doesn't mean that that all of creation, that all of uh, the world that we live in now, not all of creation, but all of the world is fallen, right? I mean, it's like you have the animals rape, murder, steal from each other. There's death. Death isn't natural. That's why we, you that's why think, we. You don't, think death, you don't think death is natural? No, that's the thing. Death isn't natural. So it's like death, death only came into existence after the fall. That's interesting. That's why the natural, that's why we don't, that's why we abhor it. That's why we hate it <laughs> because it's not natural. And if we, if we say death is natural and if we believe death is natural in the naturalistic worldview, then the next step becomes, well, let's take control of death because it's a natural process. Of course, it's our position to manipulate these natural processes, but we'll just institutionalize death. And that's what we see now. We have people, you know, in Canada, if you, somebody just, this lady just told me the other day, she was like, Dude, my best friend is high. Uh, she, she got mad cow. I was like, what? Friend died of mad cow? She's like, yeah. You know, uh, in Canada, um, as if, you're, if you get a diagnosis of something like that, you have the right to, I forget what she called it, but it's basically, it's a, a medicalized, it's medical euthanasia. So we, we do see the worldview right now, it's, it's uh, this seems like a tangent, but it ties in. We're mechanizing death. We're, we're embracing death as if it's part of life. And you even see people talking in the media about, well, what do we do with all these old people? You know, grandma and grandpa, they're getting real old. They sure do cause a lot of carbon. Those people are, you know, a lot of resources are going, what if we took, when Bill Gates did this, he was like, well, you know, if we were to have, you know, the things called the death panels and we would just, you know, uh, these resources that these people are using as, as they age, maybe these could be used for teaching or for engineers instead so he's basically is a nice cool way of saying like let's you know let's kill grandma and grandpa get rid of them because they don't suit us anymore in the materialist rationalist worldview right so it's like the the, the death the way we view death is really important and i know it sounds it sounds crazy right to say like death isn't natural but you know it's it uh that that's the modern world our our paradigm shapes what we think is normal what we think is good bad right and wrong and um we believe that death is actually not natural that adam and eve would not have died and they would have been in their incorruptible state that they were created in 
before they fell into corruption through choice, through free will, not because God is bad, God is mean, God made everybody fall because God made flaws in the system, which is the Gnostic view. No, it's because through our own will, through the first man's own will, it's like we're responsible for all of this. We're not responsible for all of death because of original sin. We're responsible for our own sins. We're responsible for our own, you know, uh, mistakes. Um, But yeah, that's not natural. And it didn't come into play until after the first man and woman uh, fell. And through uh, listening to the serpent, through falling, through the, uh, the whispers of fallen angelic beings, falling into this lesser reality that we're now, you know, uh, in today, which is still, it's still, God, God created death so we wouldn't have to be eternally tortured by uh, disconnection from God. Right, so it's like it's not God didn't create death, but God. Well, yeah. Uh, hold on, you can't you can't have it both ways. You can't fall. have it. You can't have it both ways. You can't say Which God. Both you ways? can't. You can't say death is not natural, and then that God yeah. created death. God no, can't no, create but, something that is unnatural. No, I didn't create. But this is this is the natural outcome. This is what this was the outcome of our fall. Was he puts death into the world? The ground is cursed. You'll till the soil. You you know you will live. Uh, your heel will be bruised, and you will. Uh, you know, you'll toil all the days of your life. And so the, the very ground was cursed. That's what, you know, we have thorns, we have thickets, we have difficulty. Um, this, this, why we seek to leave this state of, you know, fallen nature and of death and of destruction is because it's not natural. We don't want death because it's not natural. So God created us incorruptible. And through our own choices, we took on corruptibility. We took into ourselves corruptibility and we, we fell. So yeah, death I don't know, man. God didn't, God didn't like in, in our worldview, God didn't create death and like man wasn't created to die. Yeah, and that's why we I have eternal life and we have salvation and we seek eternal life because that's our heritage. So we have through the resurrection, we re-enter eternity. Yeah, but and I through mean, the pur- you, through purification, through cleansing, we re-enter eternity in communion with God. Yeah, bro. I, I, I genuinely, <laughs> I genuinely appreciate you sharing, and I, I, I don't buy really any of that. But, but, um, you know, it's, it's but you, it's but you can, you can just say your... you don't buy it, but that's just you just say you don't buy it. But, but why? I mean, what is in well, your world? You. What is death? So, what yeah, is I'll death? Where does it come from? Yeah, the, the Ouroboros is an ancient symbol. It's been around forever. Shiva is the creator and the destroyer. Kali. In every ancient tradition, there's always been a representation of destruction in death and, and in other ways. There's been because the because all the these dead. ancient cultures worshipped demons and worshipped the fallen ones. I disagree. I think that there's always been an interplay between the 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 holy and the the base. There's always been a represent. There's always been an understanding of a propensity for both good and bad, you know, yeah. divinity and evil. And I think yeah. that the the balance that the the walk between the darkness and the light is a real powerful metaphor. It's represented in the yin yang. Uh, they are both order and chaos, and there's one you know one inside the other. And to be able to balance in between those is is the foundation of an integrated human. And I think that the second that we think we understand, we're not we're not walking that's that line found, anymore. That's a foundation. But you you think you understand that that is the line to be walked. Well, I think that I think that walking the line means that I have to be open to what I don't understand as well as carrying the virtue and the and the orienting principles of what I have come to learn, you know, in 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 tan you know, in in parallel, in 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 union. And and that I I should be willing to uphold, you know, my my mental map, my worldview to to anybody else and, and give of what 
value there is in my you know representation of the world as well as being open to everybody else so a, a powerful idea that, that i've seen was or that i've that i've you know heard of is that the, the map is not the territory the men the menu is not the meal mm-hmm. so any representation of reality is not reality reality is yeah. reality and we don't yeah, but, but then how do we know what's good and bad and right and wrong we feel it but but you know that you felt you know i mean sometimes we feel that it's right to hurt somebody no it's not it's right not, to hit somebody not once it's sometimes done not once it's over we all feel remorse if a person doesn't feel remorse they have like like real issues and i would argue that that's not the but in the, the, the rule. but if people don't feel remorse they also in certain ways they believe they have power i can't speak for those individuals i i don't i don't yeah. feel that way yeah, you know? so <laughs> yeah, well, i mean yeah i i feel yeah. like there is a there is a external you know orienting principle and call it god call it whatever you will i i honor yeah. it i feel like when i do right things work and i don't mean just in one but why not but balancing right and wrong yin and yang of darkness and light i mean why not so if we go to the extremes of darkness we could just balance it out with extremes of light right so it's I, all just I this can't. balance no, you can't because because can't, because going to one side is to become mad in 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 the dissolution into chaos. To go to the other side is to become a robot and to be mechanized into a system of rigorous behavior patterns. So there needs to be the animal still. There needs to be the the magician. There needs to be the creative impulse. There, it can't just be you know, retribution and vengeance and anger. And it can't just be holier than thou, perfect, wonderful all the time because I'm some priest or something. It has to be, I have the capacity to do evil. I do, but I choose to do good. And if somebody tries to do evil, but how do we know what's lock that? You feel it. We know what's what's going on. The individual is in my, this is my opinion. Take it with a grain of salt. I don't represent any group. I don't have any, you know, I don't have any, um, you know, any, anything to sell. It's just that I, I, in my own experience of life and, and from what I've gathered of learning from other people's experiences of life, we know when we're doing right. Come on now, you know, when you, when you do good in the, in the universe and you know, when you do bad, I've, I know when I do bad, I feel terrible. My body. Tells me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. But the, the body can also be programmed to think that very bad things are very good. I mean, you could program a person to not to forever. Get a, yeah. Well, I mean, what's forever? Yeah. Good question. Good what's question. the military? What is the military? You know, what is, and there you go. That's a real deep, you know, topic. I, I, I really struggle with that. Yeah. Well, it's people that feel a great call to duty and honor and people that, you know, build a lot of their understanding of virtue on, on the tenets of respect and, and courage. Yeah. And then are maybe, you know, in a, in a, in a more pacifist viewpoint, you know, manipulated to do harm in the, in the name of good, you know, that's why I'm scared of dogma. That's why I'm scared of ideologues. That's why I turn away from systematic ways of thinking. But that, that is an ideology in and of itself, because to say that you reject all ideologies that's embracing an no, ideology. I didn't say that. I didn't. I never said that. What I said but, was. Uh, but to say to say that there's that we should have no dogma. That is a dogma. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say that. I said. I said I'm scared yeah. of dogmatic thinkers. What What I'm trying to yeah. say is that there is a value towards building a scaffolding around the building of experience. Call yeah. this, Call the scaffolding every logic chain that you have ever made in your brain. Yeah. When I do this, this happens. This is a thing that exists. This you know is that every every single 
learned fact is in your brain and it constitutes a large mental map. And that's yeah. the map, but it's not the territory. That's the menu, but it's not the meal. So there is a value towards a scaffolding around the building of the experience. Of course there is. You have to be able to, to, to think, to do. You know, otherwise we're just we, we interpret yeah. every experience through our worldview. Every yes, experience gets but they're, built yes, through the worldview. Yes, sir. But there also is experience outside of that worldview. When you dance, when you sing, when you ride a wave, when you're with no, your no, that's family, all. You it's still me? interpreted. It's all still interpreted through our worldview. I think that there is raw experience, the power of which can overwhelm and short circuit mental mappery, mental mental navigation. And I yeah, think sure. If you, I mean, pure. Yeah, of course, but that doesn't mean that we don't ex we don't filter all experiences, including that experience, through the worldview, through the paradigm. At the paradigm level, it it right, actually but, everything. Yes, sir. But but and I agree, and I don't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. But but what I what I'm trying to posit is that the sanctification of the individual initiation is the is the is the is the representation of each individual being in charge of their own filter. And saying, okay, maybe there's no way to be objective. There's no objective journalists, for example. But there is a way of owning our own biases. I can write an expose or, or an article, and I can in the first paragraph say, these are my experiences, this is my bias, this is my perspective, now here's my attempt to be objective. And that first paragraph gives me a level of, I don't know the right word, that somebody that just says, this is the way it is, doesn't have. And I think that, that owning our own yeah. scaffolding is really important because then we can use other people's scaffolding. Scaffolding, I think that's a good metaphor because the, the, the house is the place of experience. Being in the house is the, is the true nature of humanity, living. Yeah. But we often too, too much navigate our own scaffolding, right? And say, well, the house looks like this because I could build this up this way and that's the shape. And the person that's really alive doesn't need the fucking scaffolding because they're in the dining room eating the meal, right? I'm looking through the window, you know? So, so I think that that's the power of the idea of the sovereign individual is that the, at once having a way to navigate society and say, okay, I've learned how to be rational. I've learned how to understand logic from, from, a, from a surface level. I've learned, you know, what Eastern religion constitutes and, 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 and the ways that I've experienced being, being near it. Mm. But, I, but I also know how I feel. And I can't really put that into words, but I can feel it and I can own it and I can try to articulate it in a way that is constructive. And then guess what? I'm alive. And that's yeah. really powerful. And I, Yeah, and no, but like obviously a worldview goes beyond linguistic representations and linguistic uh, formulations, but it's, it doesn't mean that the worldview doesn't filter all, all of our experiences. Right. I mean, it's, you know, the, the world, the, our worldview is what we interpret reality from. And that's like, yeah, like does, the, base, the assumptions on what the body is, the assumptions on what the body is, the assumptions that the stimulus that we receive from the external world is real. These are all part of a worldview. Some people don't even assume that. Some people think, oh, it could just be a simulation, dude. Yeah, that brain, yeah, I hear you. Brain in the yeah. jar and all that. So but, it's like, but, yeah, so we, there are certain assumptions that go into the worldview, and that's what we filter our reality through. So if we believe that, uh, you know, I mean, it's just it, our, our core beliefs most of them unexamined by, you know, most people, right? Like uh, the core beliefs are what we filtered our entire experience through. Right. But I guess my point is that that is not static. There are things called hallucinogenic drugs, psychedelic drugs. And you know, as well yeah. as I do, that those change that filter. And just For the very, 
for, for some, some people, fair enough. But the very idea, the very, the very propensity for that filter to change hints at the fact that that, that that filter is malleable, is under your own control. And that's a scary thing. It's easier to hide. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that there's no truth. It just because we can change our perspective. I I don't think there's no truth. I just think that everybody's truth is different because we all have different perspectives. There's no one truth that that should be imposed on all people because that leads us to, but there are many truths that are imposed on all. There are many truths that are imposed on all people. I agree. including Including death. Right. There are truths that are imposed on all people. We'll see. We get the poop. Yeah, we gotta eat. We gotta shit. We got. You got gravity. You right. Got but are those? But but are, but are yes, sir. But are eating and shitting imposed on you by coercion from an evil force, or is it just something that we do? Like, don't no. You- this is this is what we inhabit. It's something that is imposed on us. It's not something that we choose. Like right, we didn't choose but, to be born. We didn't choose that. We don't choose to die. Well, some people believe that we were chose to choose to be born. That's the whole astrological or. Yeah, astrological thing, right? Are, are we yeah. choose where and when we're born, and there's numbers and numerology and shit. So, so some people believe yeah. that we did. Um, you know, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, th- I think this is really, a, a, you know, getting to be a deep philosophical discussion, and a lot of it comes down to semantics. But you know, I just appreciate being able to have an open-minded discussion, and yeah. uh, you know, I appreciate you, man. I don't know yeah, that it's we're going to conversation. It's a good conversation to have. I don't think it comes down to semantics, though. I think really. I don't know. I mean, if you get enough time, you you can hash things out with people. But it yes, sir. It at its at its. Um, I don't know. I, I think the, we we started this discussion talking about how reality, um, the reality we live in now, is kind of formed by you know this greater cultural uh, these beliefs that people have at a great at a grand scale uh, culturally, and you know nihilism and the belief that there is no truth being kind of the core of. Um, many of the issues that we see or all of the issues that we see uh, today in society. And um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good spot to uh, we've come full circle. You know, I think um, really it ends up coming down to our, our worldview and what we believe about reality, what uh, how we interpret the reality we live in. This is all informed by our worldview. And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's just, so it's cool to be able to talk on long form about these things. I agree. And then ten second snippets and stuff like that. I agree. Well, bro, I'm, you know, I I value you and I honor you and and I appreciate your time. And I'd like to continue talking. I'd like to, I'd like to talk to you again, you know, in a month or whatever is is a good time frame and just have some good discussions because I think it could be fruitful. I think it could be positive. And uh, and yeah, you know, we're both we're both doing our things. You're doing big things, and I'm proud of you. And I'm I'm a little jealous. But I, but I, nah, I ain't jealous, I, man. Look at, look at you. I'm look proud of you. I'm proud of you. And that's, <laughs> that's, that's another potential pitfall, but, but you feel me. Like I just, I, I want to give to you the energy that a person who has known you from, from many years back has seen the path that you've taken, the choices that you've made, the, 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 you know, the, the things that you've built and, and, you know, is, 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 is happy and proud and, and delighted yeah. that you've been able to do that for yourself. And, and, uh, you know, I, I'd like to, to, you know, give you a cheers when, when, when we can, you know? Yeah, brother. Yeah, dude. It's, it's always nice connecting, man. I can't believe I totally forgot that you had, that we had connected the day that Ryder was born. That was, it would have been September 26, 2017. So, um, and, no, and 2016, your, 2016, 2016. Yes, sir. September, to, 
to your point earlier, not to interrupt you, I apologize. Yeah. I, something told me to reach out to you. Yeah. It was weird. It was, and, and it was like, it was like, you know, I, I don't know. It was a feeling. It was a feeling that yeah. I, that I felt that I needed to express. And I did. And it meant that I heard you come back that you just had another baby boy. Like how freaking fantastic. So how, how many kids do you, do you have? Do you have two girls and a boy or do you have a girl? No, no, just a girl, a girl and a boy. boy. That's right. Yeah. How many years apart are they? Ari's seven and a half. Right? No, Ari's seven. She just turned seven in May. She's born on May 7th. And Ryder is, he'll be three in September. September 28th. I said 26th, but it's 28th. I see. Our wedding anniversary is the 26th and his birthday is the 28th. I always mix them up. Well, yeah, that's three. very, very special. Pretty cool. Very special. You guys didn't have, what's, what's up with your wife, man? I still haven't met her. I will, I will introduce you. She's a sweetheart. She's from Brazil. Her name is Isabella Oliveira, Bevilacqua, Triantos. Uh, she's, yeah, Luke, you even got like a Brazilian sounding last name. Dude. She's, she's, yeah, she speaks Portuguese. She's very sweet. She's very good for me. She's, yeah. we're very, we're very, we're very opposite uh, in our, in our temperament and our personality type, which is really, which can be extreme. She's real chill. so chill, dude. She's so yeah. chill. She's so chill. She's just like. But I've seen you be pretty chill at times. I know you can chill. You could snap into a really chill mode, but then you could also be go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard for me to manage that. It's hard for me to, to do that in an effective way. Part of the thing that I've been holding on to that's helped me a lot is training, exercise, yeah. physical training. And that, that keeps, my, keeps my mind right. You know, we got to bet. We got to wear out the body, man. Dude, you know what I did yesterday? I played uh, soccer with Ecuadorians. Wow. Oh my goodness, Devin. They can play <laughs> soccer, can't they? Dude, these guys can play some fucking soccer. <laughs> That's awesome. These guys, awesome. dude, they've like been playing together since they're little kids, man. We got stomped yesterday. Our team, we lost like eight to two. Oh, but no. we have like uniforms and everything, man. Oh, it's how like cool. There's referees. We've got a flag dudes and referees. We've got a full – like there's a full stadium, soccer right? stadium in town, and everyone plays. Like every wow. neighborhood, every how barrio fun. has a – yeah, there's 13 teams, and it's like a five-month season. Wow. The first game – yeah, we tied our first game. We got spanked the second game. Uh, but, I, yeah, I'm sore, man. I got – the first game, I was sore for like nine days afterwards. Oh, oh. Yeah. What position do you play? Midfield. So okay. Yeah, okay. Midfields. Midfields is the crux of your team, man. Well, you know, our team didn't do too well this last game. So, <laughs> yeah, we the first game we did really good, but this last game there was very little cohesion. Right? We didn't have sure. very much. Uh, we weren't flowing together very well at all. This is a lot of a lot of just booting it. People are just kicking it up. And I, I yeah, love but, team uh, sports. I haven't played team sports fun. for a long time. My brother it's does fun, like man. a he does like a beer league for uh, for hockey. And my brother's taller and heavier than I am. We're both tall and skinny. He's like six four, six five. So he gets out on the ice on ice skates, and immediately he's like the most imposing, you know, physically impressive guy. He can't skate to save his life. It's fucking hilarious. And and he doesn't have that 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 killer instinct. He doesn't have that that want to go and impose his will on the play. And it's interesting. I I, I read or I heard this um, that you know one of the reasons why potentially we gravitate so much towards sport and why sport is such a is such a, a a lofty pursuit and not this base thing is that it's a representation in a certain way of thinking of war, and yeah. and and at its best it's a it's an alternative to right yeah. as opposed to two nations hurting one another physically with violence and killing one another they say all right we got an agreement. We'll send our toughest guys. You send your toughest guys 
and we'll fucking work it out. And, and, you know, and then that's what it is. Right. And, and there's a real honor to being one of the warriors on the field, isn't there? You feel like, all right, I've got the, I've got the, the pride of my town on my shoulders. Ain't, ain't no honor when you lose eight to two. Uh, sure. Uh, sure, there is. Just, there's, there's, there's shame. honor in defeat. Just shame, shame. just shame, shame and guilt. Yeah. The whole town was shaming us. They took palm leaves and just beat us with them. As yeah, we right. Yeah, right. We had to sacrifice the goalie, dude. It was terrible. <laughs> just on a spit, just, just, just spit roasted on the on the goal. You just cut, you know. Dude, in Ecuador, yeah, no, they sacrificed the winning team in Ecuador. We're like the Maya. Yeah, it's geez. an honor. <laughs> that's funny I, I that's what the, you know the maya they used to do they used to think that the maya sacrificed the losing team but it was actually the winning team is that right the Kong, yeah yeah the Kong, the uh you read some of the chronicles and it's it's the winning team that was sacrificed and they uh, saw it as an honor to, yeah they would take well, mushrooms during the human sacrifice ceremonies and the, the spirits would tell them to you know what to do and they would, they would div- divination and stuff just That's high right. on mushrooms, sacrificing people. Yeah, crazy. You read some of these, the conquistadors, the uh, not even conquistadors, but these chronicles. A lot of them are just from like, like Catholic monks back in the day. And um, it's a lot of interesting stories. Um, but yeah, dude, it, it wasn't that intense here, though. There were no sacrifices. Well, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Maybe a yeah. chicken. Chicken might have been an appropriate level of sacrifice. Yeah. Maybe. No, they do that in the jungle. They sacrifice chickens to get rid of uh, spirits from people. Sure, sure. Well, I didn't understand the whole idea of sacrifice until recently, at least in a way that was explained to me. And that is that sacrifice is a, is a mechanism to make holy, you know, the group or something. It's, it's the giving, uh, it's, it, you know, in the same way that we sacrifice things for goals. Like if we have a goal of like going to school or like building a business or, you know, having a constructive relationship, we have to sacrifice things that are no longer necessary or would get in the way of the full expression of that. Yeah, thing. Well, even a workout, yeah. you sacrifice your comfort to there get you go. heavy, there you go. intense good... workout. In. Right. But yeah, but get, things get more subtle and it gets a little, a little more interesting when you look at like, you know, human sacrifice, of course, and, and you see yeah. even animal sacrifice in, in a lot of the pagan religions. So it, it definitely is really interesting, but uh, yeah. yeah I mean, we do, the, we do the Greek, Greek festival and they put a, put a goat on the, on the spit. And I mean, I'm a meat eater, you know, and there's something, there's something honorable about just facing the reality of the fact that like the, the era that I'm eating is a goat, like is a fucking living, breathing, thinking, you know, animal. And, uh, and that to celebrate its passing in, in, in the community in the family and the, in the, in the sanctity of positive representation, positive, you know, behavior, it's, it's like a, it's like a beautiful thing. It's not good for the goat, I guess, but you know. There's there's a there's a there's a component of sacrifice that I can see being something to be understood on a deeper level that I don't really understand. I I, I'm, I don't mean to to be some expert on sacrifice. I really am not. And don't, well, they'll come play soccer in Ecuador if you don't want to know about sacrifice. Well, I'd say I won't lose, but you're telling me that the winners lose, so I'll, I can play all day. I'll just fucking kick own goals just, the whole time. At yeah, the no. end of the game, at the end of the game, you just flip a coin, and <laughs> that's, oh, that's a good sacrifice. Yeah, so it doesn't matter who won. No, <laughs> no, no, yeah. thank you. Well, bro, I, I have to, I have to take my grandpa to a doctor's appointment at two. It's right on, man. So we're gonna start rolling. I can't tell you how good it feels how how appreciative i am to be able to to connect with you again and i, I would like to do yeah, it more regularly yeah dude no uh anytime dude hit me up yeah we could okay. always talk on on or off camera you know whatever, whatever okay. about whatever you want to talk about man you got my you got my number yes sir well i don't know if i have your cell number i have what's your my email. here i'll just give you 
I'll okay. give you a, uh, I've got. Can we just send me, send me it or I can type it in? Oh, or... yeah. Yeah, I'll type it to you here. Okay, cool. Just in case, let's see. Well, do you have Skype? Yeah, I think. No, maybe not. I think I only have FaceTime on this computer. But you have Skype on your phone or something? Yes. I believe so. Let's see. Because I have your Skype chatted over a year ago. Yeah, I got let's it. See. I got it on my phone. All right. I'm just going to wave at you and I'll send you my number there. in there. Because I, I, I have to look at, I don't know my number. I have to look for it in my phone. Got it. It's like let's zero see. nine something. Yeah. Crazy face. There you go. Yeah. All right. So you got me on Skype. Yeah. <laughs> well, bro, right. I love you and I'm, and I'm happy for you and I can't wait. Much to love, brother. Yeah, man. I got so many good memories. Remember, uh, remember on Halloween when, when we, we I took do. acid? I have, and- to- I have told so many people that story. That was one of the most joyous I've ever been. I, my, my, my face hurt from how much I had laughed that entire night i was just my my i was laughing from ear to ear we walked all the way down pacific you were kermit the frog and i was uh you were bert <laughs> no yeah. you were bert <laughs> no no isn't it er- ernie's the one with the fat face isn't it and bert's the the or is it bert i mixed the two up you were the yellow faced one with you were bert you were was i that? remember bert <laughs> and you that had a trench you had a trench coat on and i swear to god i felt like we were in toontown and everybody was what they were dressed up as and i was just having the best time and yeah, yeah i do hard. remember that i do remember funny that. times man there was yeah santa cruz when's the last time you were in santa cruz oh we go over there all the time i try to go over yeah. there we're, we're in santa clara here and and yeah going to the ocean is a real is a real sanctuary yeah. for me. So I try to go surf three mile and uh, Giovanni yeah. is teaching uh, surfing now, but he's available every once in a while. So um, we've he seen him surfing in Santa Cruz. Right. That's so cool. Tell G I said, what's up? Tell I him will. I said, hi. I will. I, I see will. him. I, I'll like, if I, if I see him on Instagram, I try to like his things, but you know, I mean, most, most people are not, I'm on Instagram for business and stuff. So I feel I you. Yeah. But I got uh, yeah, brother. It's, it's really good getting to connect with you, man. Yeah. Love you, dude. Good, Love good connecting. Too. Always down to talk. And uh, have a good day, man. Later, brother. Talk to you soon. Yeah. Yeah. I wish we could talk longer, man. I'll see you later. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> don't Here, hit stop recording. Okay. And then to make sure you can download the recording, right? Because if you just close the program, you might, I don't know if we'll lose it. I see. So stop video. Stop video like that. Well, maybe the record button down at the bottom will work. One participant can share time, share, manage participants, invite, mute. Um, let's see. Choose for video settings, share, end meeting. Okay, so I must, share, I must chat, end. record. Okay, yeah, do just do end meeting then. Okay. Let's see what happens. Okay. And then it's but you should, it'll, it'll prompt you to like download the video that it recorded, I think. Okay. Just to make sure you don't lose it. Do I hit leave meeting or end meeting for all? Do end meeting for all. Okay. All right, bro. If I don't talk to you, I'll see if I can get this recording. I really hope that we did record it. It was a beautiful, beautiful yeah. conversation. It says recording. It recorded it, but I'm, I'm sure it'll be it'll be there. If not, we could just do it all again. We'll uh, all right. I, I'll, I'll get, we'll get a transcript and we'll read it. All right. Good man. Talk to you soon.